Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's edition of the Jack and Mel Superad MMA Show. Today, we talk about the wonderful fight night that we just witnessed and recap the whole event. We also managed to talk a whole lot of Harry Potter, porn and titties, so if you get easily offended, today's episode may not be for you. We also talk about some of our favourite moments in, li- in lieu sorry, of the 25th anniversary of the UFC. And, uh, yeah, let's get a rocking. Final round. Hey, hey. Everybody underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. What we're on the road to find there, sir. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. Still a bit hungover from UFC at the weekend. Not I mean, from alcohol. Not from probably alcohol. Probably should clear that up. Yeah, yeah. just, you know, get that out of the way. Um... Well, not, not that we discourage drinking no, on, on the podcast, but... Everything in moderation. Everything. Um, well, most things. Most things. Not heroin. So, no, but no, you know, if you're going to do that, you have to do it in excess. Yeah, you know, if you're going yeah, to do you're gonna heroin... You've got to have a blue white. Yeah, you just go all the way. There's Balls no, deep. There's no point dipping the toes in the heroin. Like, you just got to dive in the deep end. <laughs> no, but you might lose a toe or two from the old heroin, though. True. It is not unheard of. Anyway, but, on the more positive notes, my drink of choice today, a little bit of light ginger beer. Which is disgusting. All ginger beer should be put into a Question barrel, number one of the podcast. to a spaceship and flown into the sun. Question number one of the podcast. Is ginger beer butte or is it disgusting? Let us know what you think. You disgusting. can tweet it. No, it's not disgusting. Plus, ginger in general is you're a wrong. Pretty, pretty I think I think you'll flavor. find it that a majority of people will disagree with that. Ginger is a delightful <sighs> and necessary spice. And after all, variety may be the spice of life, but I think that various spices are also the spices of life. Ginger is not the spice of life. Dude, you can't have a satay without ginger. That's like removing like one of the only good Chinese foods there is. Yeah, but it's more of a... Is it not more of a peanut? Yeah, peanut, but the spice comes from ginger. It's peanut, ginger, and sometimes a bit of chilli. I'm not against... In food? In food, you you know, it makes up the... The whole, the you know, it is, it is a color and the beautiful brush stroke of a, of satay chicken, but it's not the only color. Mm, I see. I Gin, see. Solo ginger flavor things can can piss right off. Well, apart th- from Jamaica ginger cake. Well, you see, this is what I mean. It's like you, you but say, it doesn't really taste ginger. That say, thing's just sugar loaf. It does a bit. It does a bit. Like, I, well, this this is the, the to be precise. It's old Jamaica, but the reason I have chosen this is as a oh. Probably actually the first time I've ever said this in a podcast. As a type one diabetic, um, I uh, I very much enjoy the fact that it has sucralose instead of aspartame. Whilst sucralose isn't magic and not great for you either, I just think it's probably a bit better for you in aspartame. It's not, and which in turn isn't as good for you in as stevia. But a yeah, like old Jamaica drinking a glass of warm piss probably tastes better and is healthier for you than that. I'm not sure that's healthy unless you're Leo Machida. Well, he's that, a piss drinker, isn't he? Yeah, he he dabbles in the he piss. dabbles in the piss. That's again, that's another hobby that I don't think you should dabble in. You know, no. if you're going to do that, just no, drink no, pints yeah. of the stuff. Well, it's only just, your own. Like you would never drink. Never drink another man's piss. Uh, that's a good rule to live. It's a by. pretty good rule. Pretty good rule. Um, we we've actually got quite a bit to talk about this week, so let's get stuck into it. Um, the first thing I think we need to talk about is we'll do a bit of a recap on the card. We obviously watched this. We debated whether or not we were going to stay up and watch this because it was a late one for us. It was over at what six o'clock in the morning. I uh, 
walked into my house at half seven on Sunday morning. My mm. wife was was delighted to see me at that time. I'm sure you would have <laughs> woke her up on her one of her few days off. Yep. Um, well, I mean, we'd kind of we during the week we were like, nah, well, we'll see, you know, we'll see. And then you sort of text me, and we're like, no, I've, I'm all of a sudden like immediately pumped for this card, and I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So we did. We uh, we got together as we often do and watched what actually turned out to be a terrific night of fights. Um, we're not going to go into great was detail, it though, or did the the main event and Kumian salvage. No, there was a few. Okay, maybe you're maybe you're right in terms of it wasn't necessarily the fights, but there was a lot of hijinks, drama. You know, there was yeah. a lot of ups and downs. So overall, the card was a thoroughly entertaining card. Because of that, we're not going to talk about every single fight because, well, we don't want to bore you. Um, but we will. Uh, we will. Recount to some of the bits that, that were most enjoyable, and um, we're not going to go into too much detail about the first point that I would like to raise. Um, actually, no, the first point I would ri- like to raise, I will go into detail in. Um, how good was Smith versus Arosa? Devonte Smith, Mister Devonte Smith, looked like a psychopath. <clears throat> Bit of a mismatch. Um, smoked him in about forty seconds. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a bad one. It was. Pretty horrific. Um, Devontae Smith, interesting record. Um, who was it he got beaten by? He got beaten by somebody. Um, his one loss was somebody that we know, and I can't remember who it was. Um, I'm gonna have to look that up now. That's going to annoy me. But yeah, he looked. Um, he looked terrific. Um, uh, hard to tell. I mean, Ju- Julian Arosa, another uh, UFC uh, Ultimate Fighter alum. Uh, but is he? I don't know. Like, this is the thing. I don't even. Uh, we'll touch on it later with the Pena Trezano fight. I haven't watched the Ultimate Fighter in years, so like, I really. There's a lot of these fighters come through here. I just do not know. His loss was to John Gunther. That's who it was. He lost to John Gunther. He lost to John Gunther by TKO. Oh, good Lord. Uh, That's a tough one. A tough one um, for reasons that we'll get to shortly. Um, But, you know, I don't expect anyone to, to, you know, follow the... uh, the Ultimate Fighter so closely that they know the ins and outs of it. And I don't myself. I just know that I believe Julian Arosa was on the Ultimate Fighter. I'm going to have to check that now in case I'm wrong and I look like an idiot. But I'm pretty sure that he was um, the Ultimate Fighter. Um, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. So Validation. Validation. Um, or as they said in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, <laughs> Vindication. Have you seen that episode oh, yeah. with the Balloon Arch? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't th- I love the captain. He's brilliant. Captain Holt. Captain Holt uh, him and the uh, what do you call it the woman complete female police captain that he just hates and they just hate each other oh uh, Wunsch that's it Deputy Chief Wunsch yeah, yeah that's it they just hate each other your Wunsch meat <laughs> <laughs> then he laughs like quietly <laughs> so the next fight up um, was I think uh, one of the biggest mismatches um, by the bookies anyway in in uh, and in history of the UFC, it was Davy Ramos, of course, who's a high level is it BJJ. Davy, or Davy? Davy, I believe, I'm not quite but sure we're Northern Irish, so we're going to have Davy. to call him Old Davy. Davy Ramos. <laughs> Davy Ramos. Um, fighting John Gunther, who the UFC didn't even care enough to give a proper picture to on their website. Mm, well, can't blame I, him. Odd looking dude. I don't think there'll be much point getting a photo taken because I don't think he'll be sticking around. No. Well, he might get another fight because, to be fair, like, what. I don't want to live in a world where John Gunther has a. Long and lasting UFC career. No, I think I think he deserves another fight purely because, like, I think Davi Ramos does that to a lot of people. Um, you know, not just the John Gunther of the world. And MMA math also suggests 
If he beat Devontae Smith, you got to give him another shot. But MMA math, as we know, don't necessarily work. Um, that fight, to me, highlighted just how many levels... Like, obviously not the exact amount of levels. Yeah, that <laughs> highlighted to me that there's Six exactly 11,581 levels to MMA. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know there's levels to it, but I mean, they were just wildly mismatched. Oh, yeah. Well, I felt bad for him going into it. Um and that proved right. Um, and I think Gunther landed a shot. Uh, nope. Was on his back. Oh, he landed one. Well. At least it was It was one significant strike. One signif- I know. Like, what defines a significant strike? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I like when we were sparring, you mauled me with a body shot, and I potentially broke your nose with a baby jab. So, like, there is no such thing as a significant yeah. strike. A strike is a... I mean, to me, a significant strike is a knockdown. Or close to, you know, it, if does it have, does, does someone wear visible damage from that one strike? I think that's kind of the way you have to go with it, you know. I don't know, some guys have thick, leathery skin like a rhino's arse. And Specifically just, the arse, because no other part of a rhino is well, thick would, and leathery. <laughs> I would imagine the arse in particular is uh, very thick and very leathery. Probably deter from predator attacks, because, you know, if I'm attacking a rhino... Ain't going at the front end. No, that's all of it. No, trouble. well, that's exactly. Well, it's, it's that horn. It's exactly that horn. So I don't know if visible damage is a good gauge either. No. Because some guys wear it and some Fair. guys don't. Um, Fair. God no, I I don't know how you define a signal. Maybe a clean strike. Well, that, but again, very difficult to to gauge. Mm. You know, but but for, especially because they happen so fast. Funny, just talking about rhinos. Something actually happened that I meant to tell you about earlier on. I was walking through the local town. And a, uh, not that it matters, a very large obese woman was walking up the street <laughs> having a conversation with her friend. And I she turned that. around and she said, do you think that I'm more like a walrus or more like a unicorn? Now, I have no, I, the, <laughs> my, the only question I had was, what is the context to this conversation? I think. By your description, of oh the no, I knew involved. I knew the answer, and I think the friend did too. But like, it's the, a very delicate situation. Yeah, it's there. like, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to tell you that you're more like a unicorn, but but but, but I was, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, what on earth is the setting that the question that you're asking someone is? Am I more like a walrus or a unicorn? <laughs> In temperament, like that, I, I just don't understand. I, part of me wanted to stop and be like, just to clarify, or what? How did this conversation come to be? But mm. alas, I didn't. Um, the Skelly, uh, Chas Skelly, and Bobby Moffat fight. Um, Moffat won, sort of, by submission. We will kind of. have more on that later on, so we don't want to go into too much detail. Uh, you predicted this fight pretty accurately. Ashley Uder uh, beat Amanda Cooper by unanimous decision. Yep. I think it was... That's about all I've got to say about that fight. Um, yep. Not a great advertisement for high-level no. MMA. No. It, it, do you know what, though? We're split decision? There was a ton of split decisions. Was it split, was it? I'm pretty sure it was. Maybe. Uh, yes, you're right, actually, it was, because it was all split decisions, I think. Yeah, there was like four or five of them. Um, there was some dodgy judging. Um, well, actually... Well, to say I don't, I can't remember a particular result which I would dispute too much. You know, mm. you could make an argument for Cooper, but it's it was some of the scoring. It was you know in those split decisions we had yeah, 30, yeah. 30, 30, 30, 27 swings each way. Yeah, 
Now, you know. Well, I mean, looking at the stats of that fight, you know, and I know the stats don't tell the whole picture, but it kind of the stats tie into what you said, which is you could easily have made a, a case for Amanda Cooper because over all the rounds she had um, a minute and ten seconds more control. Excuse me, she landed um, nearly ten more strikes, uh, about eleven or twelve more significant strikes. She had one more takedown and one less submission attempt. So you can make a story uh, or, or or case for, her, but obviously stats don't tell the story of the fight. I personally had that scored pretty close. Um, I probably would have given the nod to Yoder, but yeah. well, it I think, was close. Well, it's funny because like, control time is one they mentioned, but it's, it's sort of like, well, it's how effective you are. It's what you're doing with your control time. You know, I have no real complaints either way with that. I don't think it was a particularly great, memorable fight. Doesn't no. really do much for for either involved. But hey, all I can say about that fight is it was that it happened. Yeah, that was a fight that did happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, on to the main card, somehow, um, given some of the fights that were on this. Um, Mike Trezano uh, came away with a decision victory over Luis Pena, uh, who has probably, to my knowledge, the best nickname in MMA. No, he does not. Are you going to give it to... It's just too long. Violent Bob Ross? Yeah. Like when... How is that longer than the Cuban Missile Crisis? I'm not saying it's longer than that. I'm just saying <laughs> it can't be the best nickname. It's just too long. It doesn't roll It's too off perfect, the though. Yeah, like... He's literally a violent version of Bob Ross. Like, that's hard to dispute. I don't think he's a violent version of Bob Ross. I think Because oh, he doesn't paint. Yeah, he just kind of looks like Bob Ross. Kind of like Bob Ross. I can't say the only difference is that <laughs> between the two is that one is more violent than the other. I'm nearly sure that... Um, Does he paint? I... Nah, he's, he's bound to not paint. There's no way. Um, I'm going to have to check. <laughs> Frantically Googling, does Luis Pena paint? Yeah, kind of. And um, are the results in? The violent Bob Ross does not paint by the looks of it. AKA with one of the fighters that uh, that we, we... Well, I certainly met. Uh, I was sitting having a chat to him outside. Um, Magic Miles Price. Yep. And uh, the thing that concerned me was he look he had a different look as a fighter than I recalled from what I'd seen in The Ultimate Fighter, um, which granted he got injured in, and also what I had seen in uh, various highlight videos or watching his previous fights. It seemed very much like an AKA game plan from Pena, and there's nothing wrong with that, but... I. <laughs> I again don't take don't take my word too too strongly on this because as I said it's a pretty limited pool of uh, studying on him but he just seemed to look a little bit different than I recalled. Um, I don't know if maybe that style with AKA maybe just doesn't translate to everybody. No, not at all. Um, I'm not going to lie. This is the first other than very short Ultimate Fighter highlights. Uh, this is the first time I've watched an actual Luis Pena fight. Um, I can't remember if I if I I think I scored it for him on the night. I think he did more against the cage, and he had more. Uh, he worked. He worked, he worked him more. And, yeah, and on the ground, he looked a bit slicker. But on the feet, he has he had no pop. Um, he was landing. He was landing. Um, I just think Trezano was able to walk through it, walk him down. Obviously, the more powerful striker. Um, this was sort of as you were saying. I this nearly the unofficial. Uh, ultimate Fighter finale match, you know, it was the fight which 
was expected to take place before uh, Pena got injured on the show. Beyond that, fight was super close. Could have went either way. Um, yeah, let's see where he goes next. Agreed. Um, the next fight uh, was, of course, the newcomer Macy Barber. She fought Hannah Cyphers, was it? You pronounced it? I, or Cyphers? Cyphers. Cyphers, Cyphers, or Cyphers. She was a Karateka. Um, by the way, speaking of which, how cool were the animations on the uh, the old school uh, like the fighter mat, cards? Yeah. Not just the mat, like the visual presentation of the, oh, the yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely great. I mean, we've been banging on the drum for a long time that the UFC should look into more personalized, you know, name cards, mats, entrances, bloody, but everything essentially to do with the presentation, more personalized yep. to each event. Now, it wouldn't take much. We're talking about, you know, mats, um, name cards, even, you know... Gloves even, just little yeah, touches. Yeah, gloves. Like, if you were in Ireland, you could put, like, a shamrock glove yeah, on or, or something daft. Like You know, custom t- T-shirts for, for that particular event. Because we've said it before, you could go into a... Slip into a coma and wake up in a year, and the UFC presentation would look the same as it's done... Forever. Forever. You know, bar the, the Power Rangers Reebok shorts being added, it really hasn't changed much no. since, well, well forever. The uh, the fight between Macy Barber and Seafers uh, was a one-sided ass-whooping. I don't think I've seen very many, uh, very many women in that division take such a battering. Like, fair play to Seafers. Um, she was tough. She was. But that is not enough. Um, Macy Barber, you said, I think, during watching it, God, she's like Khabib. You know, you know, yeah, in, was, in that just control and smash. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty relentless. Uh, I think it was an elbow, um, which opened up Seifer's forehead. She had a few really, really bad cuts. Yep. Um, a couple of bad one on the back of the head it looked like as well from yeah. what I remember the worst one I think was on the forehead like it looked like just a horrible axe wound or something oh like, dear you could, phrasing now yeah <laughs> which one had a horrible axe wound sorry probably both <laughs> um, but yeah you get the picture yeah well, unfortunately I absolutely do um, no, all credit to her um, also she called out my girl, Big Mac. She wants a bit of Mackenzie Dern. I really applaud the 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 cojones, the cojones of of being, being being willing to take on. Well, we just talked about it with Davi Ramos. There are levels, and although there aren't like, I'm not saying that uh, Mackenzie Dern is a high level MMA practitioner, but the fact that Macy Barber's willing to get in there with someone who is quite, in fact, possibly the best grappler in. In female MMA? Well, she's certainly got the credentials to, to make that claim. Um, it's, I, a, it's a bold yeah. call, but is this a bit like when we talked about Adesanya and Paulo Costa being a great fight? Is it is it the Clash of the Titans too soon? Would very, you like to see them so, both yeah, have another fight or two? Yeah, like Missy Barber's, what, 20? Yeah, or she's super young. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, what's... like? A, fun fight but what's the point like McKenzie well it's all the game for Barber there because Dern has the, the already name established at the name yeah um, and she's already on she's had two or three fights in the UFC 
Uh, well, she had a couple anyway. She's had two, um, I think. Um, so yeah, Dern's already been building her way towards the top. I don't know where the hell she's gone or what she's doing. Mackenzie Dern, yeah, um, eating a lot of food. Um, not interested, uh, I think. Um, she's had two UFC fights. First one was Ashley Uder when she won a split decision, which was sketchy. Yeah. Um, and then she uh, choked the piss out of Amanda Cooper after feeding her a big old overhand right. Yes, that's true. How long ago was that? That was on my birthday in 2018, May yeah. the 12th. Yeah. So, I mean... That's a, you know, that's a, you know, with no fights booked, it's quite a layoff because, I mean, that, the Cooper fight was over quick like I'm not sure you know she, she didn't come out of that injured or anything so she's not on the shelf um, I think it's a weight thing is, is you know obviously we everyone made a lot of jokes about it but I genuinely think that there is a there is an issue there that needs to be looked at and I, I would imagine that that is absolutely playing into the delay mm. you know deciding for a start you know I remember reading at the time that the UFC said you're not fighting it at 115 again. Yeah. So whether or not there's a back and forth going on there, they haven't settled on it, are they trying to get her the right opponent? Has she been offered someone and she said no? Have they been offering Mackenzie Dern two people who are saying no? You know, unfortunately, we often don't get to see the ins and outs of the reasons why someone isn't true. active. Um, but from her Instagram, it just looks like she's just walking around in sunny weather in a bikini everywhere. Maybe she's taking English lessons. Maybe. Absolutely. Trying to get rid of that. That accent, that uh, a well-known Phoenix, Arizona accent that she seems to have. <laughs> <laughs> that, I remember seeing someone say why it was, and it's, uh, apparently it's just because it's... Uh, you spend it's that much time in a place, you get the accent, apparently. Uh, well, she has a direct clue. quote saying that um, she speaks... Uh, my dad and my stepmom are both Brazilian. My boyfriend speaks Portuguese. I speak Portuguese more than English. I still have lots of interactions in English, of course, but I think in Portuguese, anything to do with a fight is all in Portuguese in my mind. I dream in Portuguese. I think the interaction she has in English goes as far as, I'll have a number 15 with a large <laughs> coke, please. <laughs> or or, or, or post-fight interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit, um, How do I say this? Jo- joking aside, though, I don't like weight cutting, so like I'm not like I'm no, not no, trying to shame her. I think no, she no. should just fight at one two five. Yeah, if it's if the cuts killing her, then just just re- fight at one two five and and enjoy your food. You know, like and I mean that seriously without taking the piss. It, like I strongly believe that there's some. I there's, don't know. If she's a problem with overeating, or no, it's more so that no, no, she no, just can't no, no, cut that no, no, no. But that's what I mean. It's you not. I'm not saying. She, I'm not up. saying. Yeah, but I'm not saying that she she's overeating. What I'm saying is that like you know you have to make sacrifice like massive sacrifices yeah. to to cut weight like that and. And many people just can't or won't. Well, that was the talk of why she left the lab, wasn't it? That she wasn't really conforming to the discipline aspect of the, the fighter's lifestyle. But that's what I mean. It's a, it's a discipline thing, not an overeating thing. Like, yeah. I'm not suggesting she's just sitting there just with pounds yeah. of cheeseburgers. I mean, obviously, it's funny to joke about it, but that's not literally the reason. It is just as simple as the fact that, you know, I, I think that she does genuinely struggle in the same way that Gastelum does. He likes his food. He doesn't mm. like to eat nothing but small amounts of chicken, rice, and broccoli all the time to just to cut weight. You know that would be a horrible thing to have to do, especially when you're going to struggle that much to make the weight anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, ballsy call out. Um. 
I think it's too much too soon uh, if the, both of them clash. I think that the UFC lose out there um, and that we as fans lose out because I think that Macy Barber fighting uh, Mackenzie Dern in two or three fights time, as long as they both keep the wins up, like that's yeah, a completely makes, different makes picture. Benil Dariush in what was one of the more flat, uh, however, probably one of the most dominant fights I've ever seen uh, against uh, Thiago Moises, is it pronounced? Probably not much more help than that. Um, but Moses. Moses. Thiago Moses. Moses. Thiago, um, let's come Thiago. It's the basket. That's what gave it away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, taking the jokes all biblical. Yeah. Um, but uh, 30 25s across the board. That um, was a one sided ass whooping, though. Uh, that was just, yeah, a different level of ground game. Um, Darius, super experienced, gnarly on the ground. Just better. Although, I will say this that Darius had him in several very vulnerable positions where it it looked like the submission was all but locked in and he just couldn't finish it off. So, I don't know. It was nice to see Darius bounce back after Alex Hernandez took a bit of his soul in that last fight. Um, Always liked him as a fighter. I think he's super well-rounded. It was nice to see a fighter play to his strengths and not take unnecessary risks you know mm-hmm. like he didn't come into this fight afterwards being like oh i need to prove a point in the stand-up game yes you know just you know identified that he such a clear advantage on the ground and just took it there and kept it there i i can't blame him for that at all as you say i mean it was it's the correct way theory, on paper to fight um and he just he was just better everywhere and like substantially better um it, phenomenal fight darius perhaps maybe on the verge of getting things together again could be. Um, I think he needs a couple more. Um, this was a bit of a step down in competition yep. that he's had in, compared to recent time. Um, but, yeah, only way is up, hopefully, after that. Yeah, I mean, he beat uh, Rashid Magomedov, you know, it's a, you know not he's, all he's that great, long he's ago. He's a great fighter. I, just, I think we the jury is out on Hernandez, whether he just hits obscenely hard or Darius's chin had went... But even in that, the Darius Hernandez fight, Darius started really slow, and Hernandez went from naught to sixty instantly. Yep, um, and he might have just caught him cold. Entirely possible, but uh, wish him all the best. Um, the next fight, a uh, couple of things to comment on with this: um, Raquel Pennington, obviously, firstly missed weight, and she was fighting with Jermaine Durandamy. Um, <sighs> This fight was a frustrating one to watch. Raquel Pennington, that we 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 talked about this during the podcast. It was actually we were with my girlfriend as well, and the issue with that was it was a tricky one to talk about because I commented on the fact that Raquel almost looked. I don't want to What's say the diplomatic way of saying. Well, this? this is the thing: is that softer? if we if we yes, if we talked about a man, we would talk about them being softer, like you know, yeah. carrying a little bit of extra weight to what we're normally used to seeing yes, with her. Comparatively, comparatively yeah. to her, like when she has been what you would refer to as an athletic shape of yeah. woman, like obviously trying to be as careful as I can for the ladies out there. I don't want anybody to think I'm just like I don't want to be like fat shaming, shaming or whatever they call it, but. Uh, to, to objectively, she didn't look herself physically, um, no. and and I think it actually carried over into the fight. Something wasn't there. No. Do you think that's just from that absolute battering she took from Nunes? Yeah, well, I said to you at the time, it could be a mentality thing that like you worked your way to the top 
and you know you put up a valiant effort but you fell short and not you know not even in a way of like it was so it must have been so demoralizing that like as long as Amanda Nunes is on top of the division you're never going to be no you know that was as close as you're gonna get so it it's that funny thing for fighters it's you know, if you have your shot and you don't make it, or, you know, you essentially, you reach the peak of your career, um, it must be hard to, to force yourself back into that, you know, strict routine, and like you were saying earlier with Mackenzie Dern, you know, keeping the diet right, and, you know, depriving yourself of, of things you enjoy, just, you know, to do this. I don't think she looked good, I don't think she looked motivated, um, she certainly wasn't herself at all, or what we, you know, comparatively to what we've seen before. Um, mm-hmm. Worrying, but um, we don't know what could have been going on in the background. She could have just been having a shitty time. Um, could have, you know, could be carrying a bad injury. Yeah. We just um, don't know. Yeah, there's that. And then one of the ones that, you know, we've heard um, batted around with females quite often is, you know, hormones obviously have, a, like, and I know this from um, being diabetic as well. Um, like a lot of people don't realize that uh, diabetes is actually a hormonal uh, thing, you know. Mm. So, you know, when 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 it comes to whether you uh, shed weight or put weight on or or whatever, like a lot of that can be to do with hormones. Mm. And obviously, females tend to have much more fluctuation in their hormone levels than men do. I'm trying to be as diplomatic as I can with this. Um, and I think that you know there, there could be something like that at play. You know, uh, we've seen it before. Females have come out and said I missed weight because it was on my period, and uh, you know things were just weren't the weight wasn't coming off, or or whatever it could be, or it could be and you know it could just, it could be anything. Like well, obviously we're just basically spitballing and, and guessing, but you know as you said, it, it, there's a whole host of things it could be. It could have been an injury. It could have been so you know everyone gets the benefit of the doubt at least once or twice. I just hope for her sake that it isn't as you sort of suspect. Which is that you know the lack of you know maybe the, the fire's of, not the burning fire, quite as yeah, well. yeah you know because you know she still got all of the intangibles there she mm. she had her moments in the fight you know she she got whooped okay but you know she she didn't look I think well I think we'll learn more next time yes yeah you're um, right it's how she it's not how she springs back from the Nunes one so she springs back from this one to me yeah um can't fault around to me best one two in female MMA or women's MMA certainly could be she's right up there with the elite strikers in all of women's MMA Um, nasty leg kick Mm mhm I mean, you get that when you go. What was it, forty six or forty seven? I know as a, as a Muay Thai, yeah. Um, not the most popular figure, uh, and understandably so. I mean, we've dubbed her the worst UFC champion in in the history of the promotion, which I I will stand by. Yeah, um, you know, but, I don't think I've ever seen a clearer case of someone ducking somebody. Yeah, um, but she is back at at one thirty five now, um, and beat you know just comfortably beat the last challenge. Has there been someone challenged since Pennington? Is that, is that Nunes' last fight? Yes. I think so. Yeah, so essentially just beat the former number one contender, so it was right back in the mix. Yeah, you'd have to think so. Um, Although I doubt the UFC will be bending over backwards to give her a title shot anytime no, and even soon. No, and even if they did, you know, the last time they fought, uh, you know, Duran me got knocked out in the first round. You know, I mean... You know, she ran. She pro- presumably ran from Cyborg because she knew she was going to get smashed. You know, mm. uh, well, 
or was it because of the submission threat with you know is that maybe more so I don't know I mean it could have been a whole pile of things but it just for whatever reason never materialized um then, yeah I just I just think she did herself no favors at all in the way it was handled um but yeah I like she's she's actually done herself such an injustice because now that she's back at 35 like there's no way the UFC will be giving her a title shot anytime soon. Be you know based off that. Depends, and the uh, there's a dark irony in the fact that you know it could potentially be Cyborg again in the not so distant future. Well, not at 35, it's not going to be. No, but if sorry, I would like, sorry, to, you're right, you're I would right. like to see her rematch uh, Holly Holm at 35. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. not only was it the shenanigans with the Cyborg negotiations afterwards, people were not happy about the way she beat Holly Holm with the sh- you know the perceived shots after the bell yep. several times. And I think that's fair. I also think that um, we've seen a bit of an evolution in Holly Holm, um, re the Megan Anderson fight. Um, yeah. I th- I think that uh, Holly Holm fights around me differently this time. I think she puts her up against the cage for three rounds. I don't know. Be inter- it'd be interesting to see because... On paper, they are probably the two most decorated female strikers. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I don't know if Holly Holm plans to stay at forty five and go after the Cyborg Nunez winner, or if she's going back down to to thirty five. But well, we will see. Uh, next up is a uh, platinum Mike Perry fighting the one and only Mister Cowboy, Mister Donald Cerrone. Um. A lot of things to, to dive into in this. Uh, it was first round submission victory with a gnarly arm bar, um, which supposedly broke Mike Perry's arm, which, of course, he hasn't gone to hospital for yet as of yesterday. Why would you? But it's just a broken arm. Stupid doctors. Dumb doctors. Well, they what do they know? Yeah. Yeah, they're not, well, you know, because they're just going to tell him not to train, and he can't have that. He'll probably be back hitting pads tomorrow. I ain't no bitch. Hey, that's exactly probably Mike Perry's approach. Um, last week. I hope after this. That we can, you know, the is it a hype train or just the the Mike Perry attention train? Can we just can we just leave him alone for a while and stop giving him a platform after this? Because yeah, he, I think that's fair. He, he has come up and he's had a few big moments and he hasn't, you know, he's been exposed as a fairly limited fighter. Well, uh, and like, not that I like blowing my own trumpet, but I was one of the few. Who called this? And you won some dollar on it too. Of course, it is always bet on the cowboy. Um, um, I I said to you going into this. Yes, there are concerns. Cowboy to me should never have been a welterweight. No, he is a fifty fiver. People are worried about his chin. He did get clipped by Darren Till, but Darren Till's a a middleweight. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Yep, uh, and hits hard. Beyond that, and a great striker. Uh, oh yeah, excellent striker. But beyond that, you know, cowboy hasn't been chinny as such but he is about as experienced as you can get super super well rounded his ground game is constantly uh, underrated I just think he was a better he's just a better fighter than Mike Perry is well, yeah, by, by several levels you're right Mike, Mike, per- Mike Perry is a physical 170er who, who has yes he has improved but he is still miles off a refined product like Cerrone. I agree. I just, I personally, mine wasn't, whenever I, I, I suspected um, Perry would win, it wasn't because of the hype. It was purely because 
he kind of has what I would have classified normally as sort of Cerny's kryptonite, just a, a big, big boy. Like, you know, like, it was the physical thing that I had the question of, like, Donald's perhaps, what's the what's the body equivalent of being chinny? <laughs> livery. He's livery, <laughs> yeah. Which, is that not already a word, livery? Don't well, know. we're going to call it livery here on the uh, Jack and Mel Super Ad show. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I just thought that he was going to get clipped by something, and and it was partly because I I like you said I just thought that I, I still do think that Cerny's a one fifty fiver, but I was really glad to be wrong, and I didn't put money on this fight um, purely because I I wasn't certain. Uh, I wish I had followed your advice. Um, I'm not ashamed to say I was wrong in it. Uh, Cerny winning the way that. That he had a clear advantage, you know why? Why stand on the feet? It showed. It well, Perry sur- took him down, which I did not understand. I think he thought he could do kind of what he did with Felder, you know, bully him, pressure him. And I know Fel- Felder Fel- had a broken arm. I know, but like as in, I think it was that. And because I said you watching the Felder fight, that Perry was fighting differently, and I think an element of that is Jackson. Went. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, I'm not going to deny that he's evolving as a fighter. I just think that. You know, there are the levels best, to yeah, this. the best version of Mike Perry is still several rungs below. I'm probably still Cerny. several years away. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but Donald Cerny, a couple of things to talk about. First of all, something feels different now. Like, I don't know if it, like, I mean, obviously the, the stereotypical thing would be because of his kid. And what a lovely yeah. moment that was. What an adorable little kid. Um, Obviously brought his baby into the cage. And I love that because everyone thought he was screaming at Jackson Wing. And he wasn't. Yeah. He was just going, "Give me my fucking boy! Give my fucking boy!" And he I just brought see his little cowboy junior versus Connor junior. Oh my goodness! That's a million pay per views. That re- uh, right, away. right away. What age do we start? Like four or five? No, no, toddlers. Toddlers. Well, yeah. I really, think I really think I, th- I would imagine that Connor junior has an advantage in the footwork because he can walk. He's probably got that on godly left hand. That's as well. just a fear god <laughs> left hand. But the upside is that. Cow- Cowboy Jr. is probably the more well-rounded fighter. Yeah, he's probably going to have to play guard because, <laughs> again, he can't walk. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought it was a really sweet moment. Uh, I loved the little B- the BMF ranch belt, the bad motherfucker ranch belt he had oh, and his kid. Yeah. is class. as like so white trash. Well. Yeah, little little cowboy bits. I loved it. Um, but uh, I think that Cowboy does seem to have turned a bit of a corner. I think he's realised that he, he he can't compete at 170. I think he's finally he's finally had that holy shit moment. Um, this Mike Perry fight, I think he'd have taken a 155 fight if it wasn't for the fact that this fight was personal. Um, yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, I think he'll probably go down to lightweight and do what we saw last time, where he probably goes on a bit of a run and then, you know, runs into... Kevin Lee. Yeah. You know, someone who will take him down and control him. Although, he tends to lose to strikers. Not, you know, like, he's never really been, you know, like, wrestled to death. No. Um, A couple of fights. Which you would think would be, you know, a fighter like Cowboys kryptonite but it, it's usually He's well good on the ground Leon though. Edwards did that to him but like we'll, we'll discredit that because it was, it was a difference yeah yeah um but the, like, the fights he's lost before that, you know, Masvidal stopped him with strikes, Till stopped him with strikes, Desanyo stopped him with strikes. Robbie Lawler beat him as well, didn't he? Yep. Uh, Pettis stopped him with strikes. 
Diaz. Oh, that Pettis was a gnarly body kick yeah. because, as I said, he's a bit livery. Yeah, that's true. Diaz beat him by decision, but, you know, that was mainly, you know, <coughs> beat him up on the feet. Um, so I don't know. Like, uh, we were talking, you know, instantly at the time, we were like, oh, please. Justin Gaethje. Yeah, that's the fight we need. Edson Barbosa, I'd like to see a rerun of. Mm. Is he not booked? He is booked, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, like lightweight's a different beast now. He's been out of it a while. Um, Felder. I know they're. I just don't think Felder's high enough up there for him. No, no. Like, I think I think Cerrone comes back in, and you're looking. Gaethje would be a war. Six, seven, eight. You know, in and around there. Um, yeah, we have to give him someone in the top ten, probably. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Iaquinta Kevin Lee loser no, winner. No. Well, not the winner because the winner will be in the title. Yeah, but next. also no because they're both terrible matchups for him. But I think he needs no, but he needs to he needs to find his flow at one fifty five again. I think you give him a fight, not that he can win, but you give him a fight like I don't think he's time to do that. I wouldn't have been honestly wouldn't have been surprised if Cowboy had taken the mic, announced the retirement and. Rude off into the sunset well, after that. We will have more on it later. Um, again, another thing, get in touch with us. Let us know who do you want to see him fight next. Um, I personally really like Justin Gaethje, but you've heard rumours of Aldo at 155. Well, Twitter rumours, but I suppose that's where you get your rumours nowadays. Um, yeah, Aldo at 55 would, Great be, fight. would be nice. Great fight. Um, but yeah, I think the Gaethje one, it's the one to do. It's the one to make. Like That's guaranteed well, all Justin Gaethje fights are guaranteed to be fun. Can't name a boring cowboy fight. You know? Mm, no. Maybe Lawler wasn't the best, but it certainly wasn't boring. No. Um. So, yeah, like that guarantees fireworks. Yeah. Um. Agreed. Um. Or what about a Nate rematch? Cowboy Nate too. I think Cowboy destroys Nate. At this stage, but it's hard to say because know. you know it's Nate, Nate <clears throat> got in his head last time. It'd be interesting to see that happen again. Cowboy Dustin Poirier. I think he's a little undeserving of going straight down to fight one of the guys who's in and around the mix for a title. Uh, I think if you give him Gaethje and he beats him, then you can absolutely we can talk about that fight. Cowboy if, Connor. If I'm the just F, for the fun. Oh, that would be so. They've fun. talked shit before. They have talked shit before. It was very brief interaction, though. No, but I think, to be honest, I, I would heavily favor Connor in that. Really? Yeah. Mm. I think people are sleeping on Connor now because. You know, the Nate Diaz fight, the f- the first one, which, to be fair to Connor, he came back and won the second one, whether people like it or not, Um, you know, to, to, to his credit. I mean, you know as well as I do that we both predicted the Habib thing, so I'm not I'm not Connor nut-hugger. I'm not, I'm not, oh, I'm not um, saying he would get blown away. Or I, I think it would be very com- competitive. I think Cowboy at, 50, Cowboy at 55 now is still ultra-competitive, other than Habib, who... You know, I don't know. Like even, even cowboy with Habib is not, to me, completely a foregone conclusion. Like I'm looking at the top five of lightweight, and I think Kevin Lee and Habib give him the biggest trouble. But and Tony, I yeah, I but that you tell me that Tony and cowboy wouldn't be competitive and fun. Oh no, it would be yeah. But that's what I mean. Like cowboy, 
I think you can throw him right back in with a top five guy. You said you said yourself though that like Cowboy tends to get beaten by strikers, and I just think that Connor. He's also beaten a lot of strikers. As he well. has, but I just I just think that Connor, like Connor's handy on the ground, like so is. So is Cowboy, but I think that they sort of almost cancel each other out in the ground. Cowboy's maybe got a slight edge. Um, I don't think it would go to the ground. You know, neither do I, but that's my point, is that I think that that would be how, you know, I think that Cowboy would need to, to fight dirty, clench up against the cage. I think in pure striking, I don't know. Connor, Connor's quick, man. It's the it's, speed, it's the speed. It's the speed that is the big difference. That's um, true, I just think Cowboy is... of. A super he's a veteran, vers- yeah. He's a veteran, he's super versatile striker as well, can sort of do it all, um, and carries pop at 55. It's true, it'll be interesting to see. Um, the main event... Oh. Could, right, so, Korean Zombie, Yair Rodriguez, we had four rounds minus, what, four seconds? One second? Well, one second was the ruling, but apparently... Oh, by the time he hit the dirt and it was waved off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently the, the strike land, four seconds. But anyway, regardless, um, this was up. This is in the top ten fights of all time, instantly. Yep, yep. Um, maybe, even, maybe even top five. Um, certainly fight of the year. Um, well, we'll see because... Uh, well, I suppose we haven't announced it, but we suppose we can now. Uh, next month we'll yep. do our uh, our first ever annual Jackamel Super Rad MMA Awards. Correct, which will be just before the big card each year. Yep, um, um, drop sure. after Christmas, but before New Year, it'll have Fighter of the Year, uh, Female Fighter of the Year, Fight of the Year, uh, all that good stuff. You know the usual. All of the governments. knockout of the year, prospect of the year, all that good stuff. But we'll we'll reveal more on that as we as we get closer Absolutely. to the date. Um, and again, another opportunity for you guys to have your say. If there's if there's something that you want to see us do on our award show, if there's a topic that you want to hear us talk about, if there's an award you want us to give, let us know. We will of course also be willing to give dud of the year. Absolutely. Worst prospect of the year. Worst fight of the year. You know, we, yeah. we can... we can. Well, we'll go ahead and give a spoiler alert in that uh, Korean Zombie Rodriguez is probably going to be on the fight of the year shortlist. Well, list. unless there's something else between now and then. It, it's like I... Like, this is this is like... Uh, this is like the reverend at... Uh, or the reverend, sorry, at, uh, at the Oscars that year. Like, it's just, just everyone it's, just knew. It's going to clean up. Everyone just knew it was going to clean up. And, and this I fight, always find, though, do you not find that, like, because the events become so thick and fast that... Like, there's literally one every week. Yeah. Especially for the next six weeks. Yeah. But, like, and because the MMA climate changes so rapidly and quickly, like, you ne- sometimes, you, like, you nearly forget how good a fight was in February. Like, that feels like a lifetime ago in MMA. But That's it's true. This, this but we will, we will have to go through and do our due diligence, as we always Delve do. Delve deep into the archives. Delve balls deep into the archives. Um, because we're always going balls deep into those. It's like we said before, if you're going to go deep, go balls deep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what an incredible fight. Uh, scorecard showed uh, Korean Zombie up. Do you agree? Uh, I could have had it going either way. I think it was just one of those crazy fights. Um, there was arguments that you could have scored each round for each guy. Um, zombie was landing the jab and was it the lead hook yep over and over Yair pretty pieced up by the end of it both guys were um, 
both guys were battered. Uh, I've seen the lovely picture of them in hospital together. Yes, giving a little thumbs yeah, up to that, each other. That was nice. Um, both guys give it everything. I mean, yeah, you're pretty much collapsed mm-hmm. at the after. Wh- what do you think that was? Exhaustion. Yeah, well, it's in Denver, um, famous for its high altitude. Um, so the old cardio had to work a bit harder in that thin air. Mm. Um, Talk about pushing! Like if that, if you're pushing yourself to that, there's yeah, not very many fighters. Twenty-five minutes of getting the shit kicked out of you, like, yeah. while simultaneously kicking the shit out of someone else. Yeah, it was it was absolutely crazy. Um, the 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 fight for those who missed it, you need to go and watch all of it, not just yeah. highlights. It pretty much um, was all highlights. Pretty much, yeah. Because um, I was thinking that someone we talked to earlier on, our friend Zach. Um, who did some modelling for us, but more on that on next week's podcast. Just we will clarify that that's for... for that was for the film that we're making. That was for the film. It's a very limited market, mainly yeah. going to be available in Red Light District in Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, but no, no, there was a purpose. It wasn't just like... Eh, no, it wasn't just a modeling. random porno. It has, yeah. a, has a point, a story, some morals, a yeah. bit of feel-good factor. No, we have a... We have a, a a clothing line coming, which we will be announcing the formal details of on next week's podcast. Um, so that's that's essentially what it is. But we will explain all next week. Um, but uh, he was saying about oh, you know, I caught the highlights, and I was thinking you said that earlier. You said the whole thing was highlights. I was thinking, yeah, right enough. Like how if someone were like condensed that, I'd be like, I have no idea where to start. Yeah, I mean, obviously the beginning, but. You know, like yeah, apart from probably, that, probably, yeah. I started round one. Yeah. I weren't way forward, but aside from that, like it would have been very difficult to pick the decisive moments, and it would also have been very difficult to not. You know, it was so back and forth that it would have been yeah. difficult to portray how close the fight was in highlights. It was tense. First few rounds were tense, and then it just became more and more of a slugfest as, as oh, both guys opened up. It was up. wild. And the uh, the Ayer Rodriguez finish. Uh, to those who didn't see it, he ducked to um, Bob under a punch, came up with an uh, an elbow, like a reverse reverse upward diagonal elbow. Uh, yeah. Chan Sung Young, overextending, just got caught with, as they say, the worst one, one he didn't see. It was one of the... Like, my, my girlfriend Mel was saying um, that, oh, you know, it's, it was a bit lucky. And I was like, nah. yes and no, in that, like, you know... He, he threw that. It, it was lu- he was he was lucky that I think what what Yair's intention was to throw it in the way that Cowboy had against, and he said this. Uh, he said that he saw Cowboy throwing it against um, uh, Jeremy Stevens, mm. and whenever he threw it, he threw the elbow behind himself, so as if you know you threw your right elbow in the direction towards your left elbow. So it was like a you know up and over. It wasn't directly up yeah. in the way that we saw with Yair. So I think I think what happened was he was planning to land that, but luckily Korean Zombie happened to be right on top of his elbow as it yeah. went up. If that makes sense, but it doesn't matter because it's still he landed the strike he was trying to throw, yeah. which to me is not luck. Um, it one was of a horrific knockout, probably the best knockout I think I've seen in the last five years. It's certainly up there, but like from the amount of time it took. Korean zombie to sort of get his wits back about him was was concerning. Like that was a that was a bad one. I think there was a number of factors to that though. One is the accumulation of damage that we've just spoken about. And number two, the altitude, which would have delayed the recovery because the yeah. knockout, you know, it's oxygen to the brain, you need to get that back. And you know, I I, I think just as much as that is if you you know, even coming around from a knockout 
coming around from a knockout and then just being like like Yair Rodriguez collapsed on the floor levels of tired yeah I don't, like you know yeah, it's, you so it's hard those to two together yeah. yeah you combine those two together and it, it paints a pretty scary picture so I don't want to you know we've seen knockouts where a guy lands a punch and then the guy looks dead yeah it's hard to say whether or not that's what we saw or if we saw that combined with you know like like unbelievable amounts of exhaustion but yeah Fight of the century. I loved everything about it, apart from all this hugging and a kissing and playing to the crowd and stopping. How and bizarre around. was that in the last 10 seconds? They stopped and I was kind of I thinking, was, you're about to throw the last bit of the fight away. I was, yeah. if it wasn't half six in the morning, I would have been screaming at the TV. There's nothing I hate more than this high five and giving each other a cuddle. Oh, isn't this fucking awesome, bro? Nonsense. Like... Do that after the fight. You know, good fight. High five then. But, man, it was doing my head. It happened several times throughout that fight. Like, just, you're in there, you know, you go to the death. Yeah. Um, in this instance, nearly Pretty literally. Close to it, yeah. Um, but uh, just an incredible fight. Um, that was one of the most surprising cards, I think, in a while in terms of the ups and downs. It felt like a proper roller coaster of everything. It had a bit of drama, a bit of excitement, a bit of. You know, just everything. So, um, more of that, please, UFC. Some news. Um, there is news this week, as there usually is. Just not a whole um, lot of it. Just not a whole lot, and not a whole lot of massive stuff, but we'll do our best. Um, Alexander Hernandez replaces Islam Makachev uh, and meets Fr- Francisco Trinaldo at UFC 233. Uh, I think they're ranked 12th and 13th at the minute anyway, um, so a, a fight that makes sense for the rankings. Um, Trinaldo's nasty. Uh, we spoke about him before. I can't remember who he fought last. Um um, that is a good question. Was it by any chance? Uh, oh, it was Islam Makachev. Yeah. Oh no, that's the upcoming one. Sorry, it was Evan Dunham. Evan Dunham. Um, and then he lost James Vick before that. Yeah, he's just—he's a bit of a bulldozer. Um, yep. He is a great test of where Alex Hernandez is because we have seen what about ten seconds of Alex Hernandez so far in the UFC. Yeah. Um. Shocked if he comes out and ices Trinaldo that quickly. Um, and Trinaldo's game is so well rounded that it'll test him everywhere. We'll get to see if Alex Hernandez is the real deal or not. Yeah, I think you're right. That that's pretty much the thing I'm looking forward to most about it is it, as good as Francisco Trinaldo is. You know, the, it's a fight that's relevant in the rankings, which obviously adds a little bit of excitement. But more importantly, um, it kind of answers the question I've wanted to know about Alexander Hernandez for a while, which is. You know, is he legit? Um, and it's a bit like the the question that people hold over McGregor and Aldo. You know, can you really is is that the is fifteen seconds enough to to base you know how dominant someone's performance is? Because uh, by boxing logic, you know, anyone is a puncher's chance. I'm not trying to take away from anyone's victories. Just that is unfortunately the caveat to to winning in that emphatic fashion. And yep. um, we get to find out soon. Um, it's a good fight. Uh, I'm pleased that. Both of them have taken it, um, and fair play to them both. Uh, 
we have a sad one. Uh, Tom Dukenwa out of UFC 232 against Nathaniel Wood. That was actually a fight I was really excited yeah, for. Yeah, that was a good one. That was sure to be a barn burner. Um, they're working on a replacement. Uh, Tom Dukenwa, obviously the fire kid, I think his nickname is, isn't yeah. it? Uh, fought for Bama, who were one of the biggest organisations here in the UK. So... Nathan Wood no, was the Cage Warriors champion, wasn't he? Yeah, so it was it was two UK guys basically, but you know, going yeah. going at it, and you know, I, I would have been a cool one story wise, you know, Bama versus Cage Wars, yeah, champ v champ, champ v champ. So it would have been good, bit of a shame. Hopefully the UFC will rebook that. Um, best of luck in the injury, and hopefully Nathaniel Wood gets an opponent that he deserves. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Johnson, oh. Mr. Shut up. Uh, he's basically a bodybuilder now. Um, he said, I'll come back to MMA to fight at heavyweight, but only if Cormier Jones 3 happens. He I basically. Don't care, man. Just shut up. I, you know, piss or get off the pot. I hate this. Like, if you're retired, stay out of the game. Like, stop this flirting. Oh, I'm, I'll come back if, uh, if this X, Y, and Z happens. First of all, you're on all the steroids under the sun. Yeah, he would literally melt the cup. Yeah. So, like, it'd be interesting to see how fans would take him back. You know, because we're so anti-steroids, the majority of people, anyway. Um, the, yeah, you'd be fooling no one. Oh, suddenly Anthony Johnson, who once fought at welterweight, is 280 pounds of solid muscle. Um, it just, I don't know, it's like, he's out of the game, he's out, you know, I don't need to hear his, he, he crops up all the bloody time. Like, I like Anthony Johnson, so either come back or don't. But don't. But don't keep bullshitting and talking about everything else under the sun. Oh, Jones, I'd fight Jones a heavyweight. I want the winner. I, blah, 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 blah. You're either in it or you're out. I would be inclined to agree with you. However, just don't tell him I said that. Rumble at heavyweight. Ooh. He's fought at heavyweight before. Yeah, but like this would be rumble at every bit of heavyweight. Yeah. But All 265 of it. 265? Oh, he's 285 at the minute, apparently. 300, easy. He's, like, he's an animal. But is it, you know, but is he still training? No, probably not. Is being 300 pounds a benefit or a hindrance? You know, well, like, I'll tell you, that weight cut's probably, like... <laughs> oh, you ain't making 170 well, again? That's, well, that's what I was going to say, is it? Like, that weight cut he's got now is probably tougher than what he was doing to get the light heavy bit. Yeah. I, I just, I'm just not interested in a juiced-up bodybuilder coming back. Um, yeah, if, we've got Martin Ford for that. Yeah, exactly. Go to KSW. Go to KSW and get leg locked by somebody, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Something Time to that, move on from that. Yeah. Um, something that made the news that kind of pissed me off was Goyle from Harry Potter. And I don't even know who that is. That's what you um, Not He Harry does Potter, look like what I would... Goyle, uh, Gargoyle, perhaps. Um, he looks like a grizzled pub landlord. Yeah. A.K.A. Josh Herdman is now an MMA fighter. It's... He's not really. Like, he's had, like, one or two amateur fights. Um, yeah, I think that... I think you can just claim yourself as an MMA fighter if you've had fights. I don't think... You know, you can claim yourself as one, but I don't think a news outlet should be claiming you as one. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, nah. No, but at least specify amateur. Like, it, because it makes it look like, you know, he's fighting for a big organisation, doing something that not, you know... Yeah, but the, the average news station or you know newspaper or whatever probably doesn't know the difference between amateur and but they've specified it in the article that's what annoys me oh it's it's a grabby headline yeah of course it's got you triggered it has got me triggered yeah. but i'll Which tell you why it's got me triggered because he swapping his wand for some boxing gloves 
You don't fucking wear boxing gloves in MMA, man. For Christ's sake, what is this? Yeah, and only pussies use wands. Yeah, exactly. Well, we knew that. We knew this. Like, it turns out Draco Malfoy's muscle man is actually pretty skilled. Like, it's just the most ridiculous fucking article. And not who's, only that. Who's Draco? Drake, Drake, Draco Malfoy. Malfoy. He, he, I know. I do know who that is. That's that's the little blonde boy from Harry Potter, the bad guy. Or like, he fought for the bad. Like, is it Slytherin? Is the bad team? Yeah, I know Slytherin's about yeah, so I read he's the first like two books. I think I read like... Or first three books, maybe? I think I read all the books. I just I remember only saw the first film. I listening to them on audio tape in the car on holidays as a child. And I watched the as first... As punishment. <laughs> Stephen Fry read them, so... Oh, that's not too not bad, too bad. Um, But I remember seeing the first two films and thinking they were cack. So, yeah, I don't know who this guy is. Don't know his character. Don't care. No, nor do I. It's just more piss, you know, journalism. Yeah, it is. We're uh, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here for you, peeps. Um, But as recent... If you're a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah, you'll love it. We've we've officially crossed over into the Harry Potter podcast world. There you go. It's about damn time. Um, Can we tag it? (laughs) Speaking of Harry Potter, a man has retired from UFC who actually has a name that almost sounds like something from Harry Potter. Uh, Rick Story has retired. That sounds like something <laughs> from stretching it. there. Yeah, it's tedious all, link. Yeah, tedious neck. Top ten, ten years. His links. name sort of sounds like he, he sounds like a character. Miss like Rick Story. It sounds like a character in like a, a kid's book. Rick Story. See, I think that sounds more like Rick a, Story. CIA. Yeah, like, grizzled, right, okay. grizzled alcoholic. Okay, detective. so this is the grizzled alcoholic detective who's trying to unravel Harry Potter's like drug ring that's happening because Harry well, he's magic drug ring yeah of course he is he can literally just like turn turns water out into them, cocaine turns out none of them are magicians they just spanked off their tits that's the absolute <laughs> just, you just take enough heroin or whatever to think coke. you're a magician yeah. that's it that's, mate, do you have any idea how much coke you'd have to take I've heard those Quidditch players are wild for coke they see if you win you catch that golden snitch thing I don't know you get a line of coke that's how That's how they fly so fast so Connor got the Brooklyn that's, that's how Connor does most things these days, judging by his Instagram. That picture of who the man, you the man, you the man, and then it was just him in a mirror. It's like that's literally like that is like an eleven-year-old would find that funny. No, but it's like a skit of a coke. It's like like if Saturday Night Live were doing a cocaine skit. Yeah, like do you know what? Like it's it is so un- unbelievably like. Like, that kind of behaviour is, like, the cliché of cocaine. Oh, he's jumped the shark, most definitely. <laughs> a great white powder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, back to Rick's story, because what a lovely man he is, um, or so I've heard. Um, Pursuing uh, a career in law enforcement, I believe. Well, good on him. That's not a cop that you want to resist arrest from, I'll tell you that much for free. Um, no, that would... That yeah. would not end well for you. Um, had a good career. Had a very good career. Nothing to be ashamed of at all. Ended it um, in the PFL. Um, had a nice run in, um, you know, he beat, beat Thiago Alves, beat Johnny beat Hendricks. Um, the Cerrone loss was a, a tough one. Ended his UFC Unfor- tenure, Yeah, as I was saying, unfortunately, he's, he's, two of his losses are, you know, very memorable for, for the wrong reasons for Rick and that, you know, Cerrone's combination, which put him away, was yep. a thing of beauty. Absolute beauty. And uh, Damien Maia strangled him so hard, his face exploded, mm. you know, so. Yeah, but, you know, to be fair, you know, he beat Big Rig, he beat Thiago Alves. Just you know, him all the way. Yeah. Um, beat Gunnar Nelson. It was Henderson Ferreria who, uh, unfortunately, he lost to TKO at PFL 10 in the quarterfinals, and that's that's his last bite. But no, no, no 
record to be ashamed of. Um, you know, always always turned up. Um, I don't think he ever missed weight either. I don't I certainly don't remember him missing weight. No, not that so. Least. You know, he's one of those guys that when you think of consummate professional, Rick Story kind of. Yeah. You know, he fits that bill, always turned up, always, you know, he never, we talked about Rocky Pennington earlier on about how something just didn't seem right. I can't think of a time where that was the case with Rick Story. You know, he lo- when he lost, he just lost because he got bested. You know, it wasn't because, no, it wasn't his night. Lost a few, you know, a few close split decisions. But that's Three a, of them. That's again, you know, yeah, nothing Gassel to be. And Mike Powell, Martin Cameron, all of those guys, great. You was know. the Mike Powell one in a gym, was it? No. <laughs> to, those, to those who don't know, the, the reason for that is uh, Mike Pyle, allegedly the best fighter ever inside in the, a gym. In the gym. Uh, just couldn't perform under the big lights. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, I wish him all the best. A, just continue on the Mike Pyle thing. That's maybe not entirely fair. I think Mike That's Powell, not me saying that. Oh, no, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I think Mike Pyle probably just stuck around a bit too long. Well, that's definitely true. Um, Lost that chinny chin chin. Yeah, probably should have retired four or five years before he did and if he had it on he would have went out with a a, a lot more flattering record let's say um, the Gastelum Whitaker that's long been rumoured and pretty much been confirmed but it's now actually officially been announced for UFC 234 um, lots of people really really stoked to see this um, I think it's going to be an absolutely phenomenal fight it's obviously um, the middleweight division fight that was probably due next yeah it's Rightfully so. We're not going to do a full breakdown on it, but who you, who's your gut telling you at the moment? Ooh, I think this is a extremely hard fight to pick. Um, we were talking about earlier, uh, and I was saying that it depends how much those wars with Romero have taken out of Whitaker. Because I don't think any man could go to war with Romero twice on the bounce like that and be the same. Um, mm. Gaslam, obviously a lot younger in his career. Well, he's not that much younger, actually. No, he's not, but it. he hasn't had as... as like, I don't think he's taken as much damage no, well, in yeah, his yeah, career yeah. as Whitaker took in those two um, fights combined. Both guys, former welterweights. I think they're fairly similar as well. Like There's sort of similar styles to where they're very well-rounded. The, diff- yeah. the one difference I would split with them is, and funnily enough, when we were talking about the um, Romero fight before and um, this came up, which is Whitaker, my question with Whitaker and Adesanya, should they fight? Which we'll get to in a minute. Um, I struggle with Whitaker's offensive wrestling. Um, mm. He is a great wrestler. Obviously, like Australian Commonwealth uh, or maybe a national team. Um, you know, so he's clearly got chops, but he's an anti wrestler to me. Um, his offensive wrestling is something that I haven't seen a lot of. Yeah. Um, or or it's certainly just not sticking out in my mind for some reason, which leads me to think that it's it's maybe not his forte. What I would think is Gastelum I think a little better on the ground in terms of offensive submission. Um but Whitaker better defensively on the ground I or think, in the clinch. I think um, this will be a boxing match. Yeah and I think Gastelum pieces up pieces him up. I don't. I think Whitaker is underrated on the feet as well. Oh, he's great on the feet. Um, he's I, a lovely I've, hook, like a I've lovely a, hook, and yeah, hook the I've pivot. A really hard time picking this. It's I, I. I literally can't. If if you know if Whitaker hasn't lost a bit of himself or a significant amount of himself in those Romero fights, then I think you have to favor him. If Yul Romero can't get the job done twice against him, then. 
you know, I have to favour him over Gastelum. Mm. I I just have a feeling that Gastelum Gastelum's boxing is fucking phenomenal. We all know that, but I I just have a feeling that Gastelum can do it. I think that it's a stylistically a, ma- a, a punching matchup, as you said, and I think that um, I think Gastelum can do it. Uh, I think that the damage that uh, Whitaker has taken plays into it. Um, I think that psychologically, I would say that Whitaker probably has an edge because I mean, if you can it's survive Romero well, twice, yeah, but yeah, but if you can survive Romero twice, you know, you're bro- we're going to be pretty bloody confident that. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like he's, Gaslam's not going to have an- anything you won't have seen in some. I just before. think he's a better striker than Romero, just not as explosive. But I think he's a cleaner technician than Romero, and I think that that, that gets the job done over explosive power against the elite. Could do. Um, at yeah. the minute, too close to call. Fair. Well, we will do, but we will, of course, be doing a full breakdown as it comes closer, and we'll keep you posted with any news. This is one of those fights that I hope the MMA gods uh, bless upon us, um, and that there isn't any place, slip-ups. Yeah. And, I mean, Gastelum uh, notoriously struggles with weight. I just hope that those... Whitaker notoriously struggles with injuries. Yeah, and I hope that both of those stay mm. where they need to be. Um, Dana White, uh, regarding a potential Whitaker versus Adesanya title fight in Australia, said that if the two guys fight, it's something I would really look at doing in a stadium here. Um, you mentioned about Australia. Um Australia v New Zealand uh, to anybody uh, in America who maybe doesn't quite know and that's not because Americans don't know uh, or it's not because Americans are dumb it's just because the, the only reason that we know this is because of rugby do you hand digging that hole I further? don't care um, it's, my, my point with that is that I don't I don't expect many Amer- like I don't expect anybody to have I knowledge only know, I only know of that rivalry through rugby that's what I mean yeah. and, and rugby is a small sport in the USA and that's all I was trying to say is like I wasn't trying to say oh well, you Americans might not know I'm trying to say to our American listeners it's not because I think you're dumb it's because I know you don't really have rugby or it's not popular anyway um, the New Zealand and Australia rivalry is just mega yep uh, it's gone back a century plus now. Well, the, the rivalry will, will have gone back far before that because they're so close together in location. Um, and there's, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of political issues there that I'm missing out on oh, as to why that rivalry exists. There always is. But, the, but the, the, rival, the sport rivalry is truly fierce between Australia and New Zealand. Yep. Um, and apparently, you, you were saying earlier that the, the Australian and the Kiwis, um, the, the fans, have been already chirping about this fight. So... It looks like I, there's a market for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there was rumours that uh, Adesanya was even being lined up as an alternative if Gastelum or Whitaker missed weight or got missed injured. Or couldn't make it in this fight. But I think that was quashed. I think you told me that Adesanya's going to have surgery. On well, he's, that's what he said. Like, whether or not, and I think I said to you at the time as well, that could be a bluff or it could be uh, you know but what what he'd said to the press after his last fight was that he had a i think it was a knee a knee injury that um he actually nearly pulled out of the bronson fight yeah. until i think his dad of all people told him to just rest it for a week he did he was able to get some uh, cortisone shots after speaking to the golden snitch jeff Nowitzki. and um, there's another harry potter reference look at that is that what that's from the golden snitch yeah as on the the other thing, it, in I just thought golden as in high ranking and no, snitch the, because he's a big dirty snitch. No, the golden snitch is um, that's the little thing they chase in that Quidditch. It's Quidditch. The broom game with where they like it's like broom rugby where they fly about in rooms, brooms. 
Oh. Uh, and they fly about and they, like, throw... I think there's a thing called a quaffle. That sounds sexual. So, doesn't it? <laughs> I think that's what it's called. And that's, like, a different ball. But the whole point... Because this is the point is that Harry Potter's position in that sport was to capture that little fucking ball with wings that went... Zzzz. Harry Potter not out chasing the, the hot quaffle. <laughs> Blue quaffle. It's oh, <laughs> um, a Google image. A quaffle right is a ball used in the wizarding game of Quidditch. It is approximately the size of a football, 12 inches in diameter. Whoa. It is a red, leather covered ball used as the main object a of play. Leathery and is the only one out of the three ball types that is practically immobile. So, um, yeah, oh my goodness, you can actually buy a set which has the snitch and quaffles. That's ridiculous. Why would you want that? I don't know. I kind of do now because I've seen it. Like, and I'm like, that's weird. That's but, but <laughs> I have the ball set for a game which requires you flying yeah, brooms. brooms. It's, uh, ah, I've just one, one asset short. But the, uh, the golden snitch. Snitch, that's where, I think that's where it comes from because they chase that snitch. But what, what is that? What is his position now? I need, I need now. I'm going down to Harry Potter yeah. wormhole now. So Harry Potter position in Quidditch. I think he's called Seeker or something. Uh, three. A what? Ah, a Seeker. Boom. Memory coming back. Boom. This is the bit where I reveal it. Yeah. I, open a, I open the cupboard over there and it's just Harry Potter trivia books yeah. that I've studied furiously. I don't even like it. I don't even like it, bro. It's not my thing. Um, anyway, yeah, he checked with him, uh, checked with Jeff Nowitzki. They gave him the go-ahead through USADA to get the shots in his knee. He did that, and then I believe that he stated to the press after that he wanted to get the knee surgically repaired. So make of it what you will. Um I believe it when I see it. I fancy Adesanya in that fight massively, um, and it's not. I don't think that Adesanya beats everybody in that division. Um, I just think that stylistically, as I funny, I've just spoke about Whitaker's offensive wrestling. I don't think would I think would he's the tools to beat everybody in that division. Adesanya, yeah. I think he still he's, he still needs a little bit more work in the. I think other his, than Whitaker and Gaslin, that is an aging division. Yes, and well, Weidman isn't going to be there anymore. Rockhold probably ain't going to make it, considering he's 230 pounds now. Um, yeah, I saw his Instagram where he's 220 pounds, where he's wearing his trousers. Uh, uncomfortably high? Uh, no, uncomfortably low. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, we're just on Uncomfortably the, for who? Well, I suppose... Well, Luke the Rockhold, ladies as, probably don't mind. As I say, Luke Rockhold's probably a fairly popular figure amongst the female demographic, but... Uh, I think I'd call myself Luke Cockhold if I was a uh, yeah a porn star. I don't, it's a good porn name. Isn't it? Yeah. Or, uh, well, the best porn name I've ever heard, John E. Depth. D-E-P-T-H. <laughs> Johnny Depth. It's brilliant. Nice. Or Wesley Pipes. Very clever. <laughs> Puns are essential to the porn game as they are to Absolutely. the pet store game. Womb Raider. Yeah. Indiana Bones in the Temple of Poon. You're rattling these off pretty quick. I'm just quick. <laughs> that's what she said. Probably, probably not a good move for um, porn then. No, well, that's why I'm not a porn star anymore. True, but yeah. Rockhold or Cockhold, whatever you want to call them. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're pretty darn low. I'm talking centimeters from shaft oh my from 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 base or from tip from base yeah, that's, that's ballsy that's hey. not, not what i want to see Whee. so yeah luke rockhold weighing cockled true 220 plus pounds but in fairness that's probably not that different to what he's spent his career at probably not um he'd be a terrible porn star though you know why 
don't know what to do with his hands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he don't know what to do with his hands at all. A lot of fumbling around. <laughs> just, uh, I'm I here to fix you. your pipes. He's just waving <laughs> his hands around. It genuinely took Luke Rockhold hours to fix pipes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, I can just imagine like a terrible montage of him just standing awkwardly, just like fondling his hands together. And oh. he's, he's such an odd character, Luke Rockhold. Um, I do really like him as a fighter, but I've always found it really hard to... I don't want to say bond with him, but like, <laughs> like I find it to connect with. We just haven't connected yeah. on an emotional level, you know. But do you know what? Like joking aside, it is a bit like that. It's a bit like. In fairness, if Luke Rockhold had charisma, we're all fucked. Oh no! Yeah, he can't have everything. Yeah, that guy's king of the world with charisma. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's only fair that he doesn't have something. I, I find it really difficult though. Like he, he just comes across when he's in interviews. He comes across pretty likable when he's in like. The oh, cockhold mode is pretty so, terrible. It's so awkward. And, and like, it, it's not just as we have in the intro to this, the, you know, believe, conceive, achieve. Because actually I'm a big believer in the power of the universe theory and the law of attraction. And, like, it's it's not... Go fuck yourself. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> but it's, you know, because the thing is, like, it's it's just a mindset. It's not it's not actually... That's, I think, where it starts to get weird is because Rockhold almost made it seem like, no, but if you, like... If you just believe, and magic happens. And it's like, that's a bit, like, I think that's why he got the piss taken out of him, because there's a difference in being like, no, no, I believe in that mindset. You know, that's different to being like, if you just put it out there. You know, because that, that's almost sounding like, just magic bullshit. Like, yeah, I really, really believe I can fly. Yeah, and if you just put it out there, you can fly, bruh. Yeah. You can fly. Don't tell me I can't. Yeah. I'd, um, like, lethal, like, lethal weapon. That would be a name from a dick. If I was in a porn, porn film. Again, <laughs> didn't, didn't again. Know where you were going. Just you die. I'm just trying to... Because your dick looks like Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like Mel Gibson with the afro in the 80s. Yeah, get that bad boy a trim. Absolutely. Trim it back to the rock old base. Um, anyway, moving on from porn <laughs> from today's <laughs> podcast. Um... Yeah, uh, we still actually have more news, remarkably. Um, Good Lord. Gary Tonin uh, picked up another win against uh, Sung Jung Lee in 1FC. Um, it would be nice to see him with a slightly higher caliber of opponent at this stage. I know he's only mm. three fights into his, his career, but you know it, the guy kind of should get a little bit of an accelerated path purely just because yeah. he's Gary freaking Tonin. He's mad. It's a bit like what we talked about with um, Davi Ramos, like... He's just a little bit far ahead. Yeah. Um, it's just finding fighters. Um, he's a lightweight, isn't he? Yes. Um, one's lightweight division, not fantastically deep. That's what she said. You're better than this man. I'm, I'm not. I'm really freaking not. I'm really not. Um, but yeah, no, it looked fantastic. Um He's That's ex- what she said. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm just stopping that. Okay. Um, no, he did. Um, Gary Turner, that was a guillotine it, finish. Yeah. He must... Like, it's a strange position because he's expected to, to absolutely destroy everyone. I think it's fair, though. Yeah. And, and yeah, in fairness, he has. So, what age is, what age is he? He is... 27. So there's still plenty, plenty of, time. of time. Like, they don't need to rush it because if he, you know, if he's here for the long haul, there's plenty of years left in that career. Um, I, I can't find any information about where he's actually training um, other than he trains with Henzo and the Danaher Death Squad. Um, but 
it would be nice to see him maybe go to like you know bang Muay Thai or oh, fuck, okay. I know you don't like doing Ludwig but um, you know um, there or Tiger Muay Thai and Phuket you know go somewhere and just really you know take take a year yeah well, and just go and do it well then imagine you know, that guy was maybe the, with Muay Thai what's what I'm saying maybe this is the exact right pace his career should be moving at because you keep him in and around this you know gr- very gradual increases in skill level while he you know rounds out his game in a few years, like, he's the complete package. Like, I mean, he's already leagues ahead of anybody they're going to have yep. on the ground, so... A hundred percent. It was a beautiful win. Uh, I Just as I said, I think I, I need to see him against this slightly higher calibre. Oh, by the way, speaking of porn, um, the closest thing we get in the UFC, uh, Paige Van Sant has uh, been confirmed to fight Rachel Ostevich. I'm excited to see the skills of those young ladies. Yeah, that, that, that nothing else. There no. is literally nothing other than skill to look forward to in that fight. No. Not a thing that I can think of. No, no intangibles. Twitter nearly exploded. It really did. You should have seen Reddit if you think Twitter <laughs> yeah. was bad. It Just really a, did. a tsunami of filth. The intangibles <laughs> weighing in at a 32 double D. Yeah. Like, you know, and that, I mean, that's, that's really the battle of the boob jobs there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's you know you, it's a you, smart you move want, by the UFC. Yeah, you want to be a better person. Yeah, and like appreciate yes that they are very skilled athletes and they certainly are. But the UFC know exactly yes. what they yeah, are. Yeah, they're marketing. They're marketing as, as I said as close to porn as you can get in the UFC. Yeah, and well, this is on the ESPN debut card. Yep. Yeah. Shock. Yeah. This um, is this is what all female MMA fights will look like. It's an like. interesting fight because Ostevich less experienced than Paige Van Zandt, four of four and zero instead of seven four and zero. Van Zandt's been away a long time. She has, um, and the weight cut could. And this isn't a joke, but the weight cut could be different now that she's had. Like, because I know that Misha Tate had the breast t- implants. Yeah. So, well, like, I don't know. I don't know. Was the talk not that she essentially moved up a weight division because of them? Yeah, so that she could have them. I don't know. That seems like putting a like that would seem. I like, don't know how much fake titties weigh. I don't know how much real titties weigh. <laughs> fake titties. It's a size thing. We need to get scales and get our missus in here and figure it out. And come back to the like to our lovely listeners with a good answer here because science demands we have no idea how much your titty weighs. Don't think it'd be too keen. No, probably not. But if you tell us for science, all titties are different. Well, that's true. But we could get a mean. It's true. (laughs) We'd have to have a fairly large sample size. Well, we would. We're going to have to ask around. Yeah, you can weigh my titties if you want. That's for science. Um, Yeah, fans, I'm coming back from that horrendous broken arm surgery nonsense the scar oh good lord a pair of d-cup breasts weighs between 15 and 23 pounds the equivalent of carrying around two small turkeys 15 to 20 that was the first answer on google by the way yeah 15 to 23 pounds each no, no. So a pair of D cups. That's all right. Because I was to say forty pounds of titties. That's ridiculous, though, because that means that you've like that. You what you've said could could like could scientifically be correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it the could best be, type of correct. It could be. It could be pretty close. Like that would literally be enough to force someone up uh, up a weight division. But would a breast implant? Way less. Ah, okay. I would well, I just need to less. add one word into my. A typical 300cc 
So let's go off the typical implant. Yep, the average. Weighs not 0.69 pounds, and a pair of them is 1.4 pounds. That's actually not as bad as I thought. Yeah, but that's an extra 1.4 pounds. That you on have to top cut. of your titty? Yeah, but but the thing is, her titties were there pre-weight cut anyway. So, like, what I'm saying so is, like, I'm looking at how difficult it would be to cut weight now. Like, it's 1.4 pounds, roughly, harder. So, that she needs okay. to shift another pound and a half, which I, which is is manageable, I would imagine. I don't know. I thought she struggled to make weight. For, you know, I thought that even before the new titties. Um, oh, we'll see. This was the plan to the move The real up. battle here is... Who's going to make the weight? Who's going to make the weight? Um... But uh, it's it is a smart. Yes, good luck to both young ladies in that. It is a smart a smart move for the UFC. Um, what to actually to be serious about it and remove some of the jokes and uh, borderline sexist commentary. Yeah. Um, Rachel Ostevich, very very good grappler. Yep. Um, great great wrestling actually. That's something that I think could pose a problem for Paige Van Zandt, um, who is well round. She's a mixed martial artist. She's not she's excellent anywhere, but she's good everywhere. Yep, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I I don't know who to pick for this. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, it's no, I think I think that Rachel. The, when what was uh, Rachel's last fight? Ooh, was it for the Ultimate Fighter? Was it? Has she fought? I she not fought outside of the Ultimate Fighter in the UFC yet? I actually do not know. I will have to Google that. Although I am horrified to think about. No, it was the Ultimate Fighter finale was her last when, when she that? lost uh, July. All right, so she's not... Well, Well, by the time... Was it February? It's booked for? Something like that, isn't it? It's the new year anyway. By the time that fight rolls about, you know, you're looking at pages had a year of inactivity and Rachel's, you know, six, seven, eight months, yeah. depending on when it is. So They're not far off each other in that regard. I mean, it's four or five months, but it's still long enough to make a difference. Um, I, I actually favour Ostevich in this. I think that her, her grappling um, could, could could pose a real problem um, for, for Paige, but, you know, Paige has found ways to win against people I didn't expect her to before, so... Some of Paige's wins look... Better in hindsight, considering where the fighters have gone. Like the the Felice Herrig fight, mm-hmm. uh, Felice is you know she was on the verge of contention there until uh, uh, Michelle Waterson beat her in the last fight. She fought. I mean, Michelle Waterson thumped her essentially, as did Rose. But those are two of the elite in that division. And uh, she moved to flyweight, lost to Jessica Rose Clark, which probably isn't that fantastic a no. result. But she did beat back Rollings, but then everybody beats back Rollings. Yeah. Um There's a guy we, uh, on Twitter and uh, his his bio says, Yes, I want bet on back rollings. She's in <laughs> bare knuckle. Bare knuckle. Speaking of bare knuckle. Uh do we have to talk about this? It makes me sad. It did, it made me sad as well. So Johnny Hendricks got absolutely sparked out. No, he didn't get sparked out. He just succumbed to getting punched in the face repetitively. Yeah. He got punched out. Essentially. He got punched out. And um, an even sadder one was yeah, Phil Baroni. Phil Baroni. Yeah. Um, Lieben caught him with a beautiful lead left. Yeah. Coming in. Just Baroni just stepped in, tried to close that distance too quick, and he paid for it. Um, but, but I mean, let's be fair. This is the ghost of Phil Baroni past, 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 past. Yeah. Um. In fact, I didn't. Even, I, really I didn't even see his chin. Yeah, it, it, 
fantastic beard he'd grown to, to, to cover hide, the lack of chin to hide that in there yeah just no lower jaw anymore just um yeah i really hope this isn't the route the the bare knuckle boxing is going to continue down you know getting guys five six years retired ten years out of their prime to come for i'm sure they're not paying them big money either no to come and get battered uh if you if you want to get battered and get good money for it, you need to be in a different industry, my man. You have it on the brain today. I do, don't I? I do. Um, well, it's just we're flowing, we're flowing, bro. Spitting bars, bro. Um, there is some more news. Unsurprisingly, CM Punk joins Cage Fury as commentator. Former UFC fighter, CM Punk, two-time UFC fighter, bro. It's quite the quite and the coup. BJJ blue belt. Which is moderately impressive, I'll give him that, as somebody that is a white belt with no other extra stripes or any extra credence. A blue belt seems commendable, so he earns my respect for that. Yeah. And he also earns my, my respect for having sizable testicular fortitude in order to go in there twice, especially considering that both... In fact, it's weird that he was probably thinking, well, second time around couldn't be as bad as the first. And then it was arguably even worse. Yeah, he's so brave for his half a million dollars every time. Well, you know what? Like, people give him a really hard time for it, and, and myself included. But and So I, they should. I I don't think so. Everyone, uh, everyone like, should give the UFC a hard no, no, time for everyone it. Everyone involved in that should get a hard time, apart from the people who give him weapons. That's fair. He shouldn't have been delusional. His coaches shouldn't have been delusional. I said the that. UFC shouldn't have whored themselves out and let that poor man take a beating. And they shouldn't have paid him as much. Like no one, like no one came away from this CM Punk experiment looking in any way credible. That is absolutely true. Um, Maybe I Mickey think Gall. It's a yeah. It's a clever move for um, Cage Fury. You know, just oh, being picked gets, up by Fight Pass gets gets eyes on the product. So it was actually you that informed me that being picked up by Fight Pass. I didn't even know that. I missed that. Um, that mm, I hope is true. I think I saw that on Twitter. But I mean, if that's the case, you know, it's a good move for them because they're lending credibility to you know. They know. I don't mean it in terms of credibility. Is it or is it detrimental now? I don't think so. Because an MMA affiliation to CM Punk, I, it does that add credibility. To it you. doesn't. Are, add, are extra people going? It to adds. Here? Yes. Yes. Casuals will. Casuals will. Yes. Not. Do it think, doesn't add credibility. You think casuals are going to watch an event on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, hardcore fans don't even have Fight Pass. That's a fair point. Um, well, I, but that. But I just think that it's promotion. This it's sounds, good promotion. This like CM Punk's venture into MMA has obviously come up fruitless. Mm-hmm. and uh, he's probably a bit bored and looking for something else to do because from True. from all I seem to hear or see, he has no intention of going back to pro wrestling in any form. True. So this uh, keeps the man busy. True. Um, Misha Tate, uh, vice president, in term only, it seems, uh, for 1FC. They announced her as that, uh, but she seemed to have a different description of it. It was all yeah, very confusing. She, the way she described it, it sounded more of, like an ambassador role. Um, good move by by them. You know, big name, big social media following. You know, very well known to the casuals because of her rivalry with Ronda Rousey. Um, yeah, just... Misha Tate, another one of those, um, you know, they've obviously signed her purely because of her credibility. 
no organization would sign her for any other reason. She doesn't appeal to any any market in particular I can think of. Well, in the MMA world, she's the total package. Former UFC champ. Every time I hear her name, though, I just feel sad for Brian Caraway. Oh, we don't know the ins and outs of their personal relationship, but no, she don't. moved on pretty darn quick. Uh, well, yeah, but I just feel bad for him because, like, it seemed for a long time like they well, he were like his, he got his entire career shit on essentially for being Misha Tate's boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, and then when she was done with fighting, she he, was done with Brian. Yeah, or so it seemed. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to get involved in it, but no, like, no, you know, so it's, you it's hashtag just hashtag Team Brian. <laughs> well, kind of, in that like, I just feel sympathy for him because he seemed to have got not not he seemed to get. Basically, he didn't. Help. If you look at it's no, no. Look at the two of them now. I just kind of feel like that's a sad ending to that story. For but like, what you wouldn't mind is, and the two of them broke up and went on to live fulfilled lives apart, happily ever after. Oh, that's Brian Caraway. Don't seem to be doing as, as well. Just got a great new job. In exactly, Singapore has and a, a new baby kid. And... Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like that's what's sad about it. It's not. It's not the way it went down. That's shitty, but that's also who cares because it's nothing to do with me. But like, uh, it's yeah, it's Brian Caraway. You know, it's just all uh, his career went shortly after his relationship went. You know, it's just his career. I think is it's a commendable career. You no, know, it's still kind of in the same place place it was. He fights later this month on the Ultimate Fighter finale card against Pedro Munoz. So tough fight. You can you can cheer for Brian. I always cheer for Brian. Always. Um. Winkle John has come out and said that Cerrone, Donald Cerrone, is a uh, cancer. I don't he think says, I, she says. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I'm kind of done with this. Um, I know that Yair Rodriguez uh, said that the reason he left Winkle John was because he hated the drama. I sided with Cerrone in the early stages, and I still kind of side with him overall. I think um, there's just a lot of snakes in the grass all around here, so I, I don't really want to comment any further. I don't further. think unless you've been in the gym and had interactions with these people that anybody can really take a stance because it is, it is literally just he says, she says at the minute and it's a bit of handbags and I thought that uh, after Cerrone broke Perry's arm uh, we could probably have moved on from that but apparently not. Correct. Um, Rose, uh, the lovely Rose Namiunas, has come out and said that Jessica Andrade is the only fight to make. I commend her for that. Yep. It also shows that she has cojones of stone as well because I think that Andrade mauls her it's a very bad stylistic matchup for her um, good honour for, for for basically saying like that's that's the right fight but well it's it's nice in today's UFC scene that you know the logical number one contender is actually seemingly going to get the title fight it's unusual in this day and age so good for her uh, Ben Askren Finally making it to the UFC. His fight has been announced, I believe, with Robbie Lawler. Or if not, it's certainly as good yeah. as done. Um, we have been talking about this all week, actually, because we look forward every week to this because we get to formally talk about it. But, I mean, we, we obviously talk MMA every day. Um, but, uh, yeah, by the way, I want to address that. Um, I think some people thought last week that the podcast, when it got heated, that it got personal. Like, uh, like... No, not really. Like, no, no. <laughs> like after that, it was like, right, do you want to go get food? Yeah. Um, but uh, the Ben Askren fight is something we've been talking about a lot. My two cents is, I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna put a sizable bet on Robbie Lawler. I think because the odds oh. are swaying massively, um, and 
it feels like I think that Ben Askren could do it, and and if he does, I think that he is absolutely you know legitimate and well on course to do it and um, to, to 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 do his thing. But uh, I just think that the more time goes on, the more doubt I have. It's a it's a tough matchup. Um, Robbie does get taken down, but still has pretty decent takedown defense and as we know is a demon on the feet and it's great um, cardio does taper a little bit but you know it does he is a fighter on the decline I think possibly that's the tell yeah um Askren does what Askren does you know we will find out if he can hang with a more you know with the elite fighters um and whether he can implement the same game plan on them <sighs> It depends what the odds are, but I certainly think that this isn't a blowout for for Askren, and it's no easy fight. Um, it's a good gauge. I wouldn't like to have seen him thrown in for the title or anything straight away. That seems no. Another fight or two, though, and he's there thereabouts. Yeah. Um, the twenty fifth anniversary just happened, right? Yep. In light of that. Let's have a little conversation about some of our favorite UFC moments on and, you know, well, they don't have to be this year, don't have to be whatever, just of all time. What what are two or three of the moments, and we'll take a turnabout, that have really cemented your, you know, when you think UFC, what do you think of? Um, or a moment that, like, just gripped you as, right, I'm hooked now. Uh, the moment that got me hooked? Uh... So the, f- the first UFC fight I watched was Arlovsky versus Tim Sylvia one. I've told you this story before, but, yep. um, you know, me and you grew up on a staple diet of WWF, Monday yep. Night Raw, and we both, I think, wholeheartedly thought that Stone Cold Steve Austin was legitimately the toughest man on earth. Um, <coughs> and as... Vince McMahon has a fetish for tall men with big muscly muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, the product portrayed that, like, the bigger you are, essentially the tougher you are, and the bigger, tougher, you know, the bigger, taller, heavier man should always win. And I remember tuning in, flicking through channels, probably looking for wrestling and coming across UFC. And I didn't see the rest of the card. I literally turned on as Andre Arlovsky was walking into the ring. And I remember seeing him, and I remember seeing Tim Sylvia. Now, Tim Sylvia is no jacked-up bodybuilder by any no. means, but he is... Like, a large gentleman. Yeah, well, he was, what? Six foot eight and 300 pounds. Yeah, something huge. Um, and Orlovsky, who in no way is a small man. No. He's six foot what, four, three and or, yeah. 230, 240. But looked relatively small compared to this man, and my, you know brain was programmed to think that he has no chance he's about to get smacked about here of course didn't go that way Orlovsky dropped him put him in a straight ankle lock and tapped him and I think from there I just like had to know more like what was this actual fighting Um, I suppose that's the moment which got me me hooked on it yeah, well, I, I actually had a... I came to the sport quite late. Um, <clears throat> not quite late, as in, you know, it was the late 2000s I came to it, really. Um, but uh, 
for me, it was sitting in. Uh, I used to work, and funnily enough, it's it's actually where my girlfriend and I we used to work together for a lot for a long time, and from when we were sixteen till we were about twenty twenty three or something like that. Um, I worked in GameStop, uh, which is obviously a computer game place, but it was one of the only places that did uh, UFC. Zufa stuff. It's one of the only places you could DVDs. get that. Yeah, it was like yeah. I think it was even before HMV stocked it, but they uh, HMV uh, did go on to stock it. But I remember one of the DVDs coming out, and I actually almost had like the way that you hear of a lot of people finding it on VHS. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I find it, but on DVD, like yeah. I find it. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then on my lunch, I sat, I watched, and it was like top twenty knockouts, and I remember just being blown away at the violence of it this wasn't one of the first ones i started to follow the sport but one of the knockouts i remember exciting me probably a little too much in fact i got told off by our old manager ian because i was sitting in like the little side room like just beside the counter and i literally went jesus fucking out of nowhere because <laughs> it was watching the crew cop gonzaga fight oh and ugh. it was because i knew crew cop i knew what he was going to do to gonzaga yeah but that's what i thought and then all of a sudden, Gonzaga swings a leg up, kicks him, wraps that toe right around the back of his skull. And that wasn't the bit that got me. It was his knee. Oh, well, It like was Crew Cobb's knee itself. when it just folded in on itself. And and I just remember, like, again, like, that wasn't the first one. Um, we even had Pride DVDs, which was I was going cool. to say, well, that was my next thing. It was, like, watching a lot of Pride. Like, one of my favorite moments, right? I've said many times, one of my favorite fighters is I followed along... Uh, Shogun Hua went in the Pride. Yep. I think it was 2005 GP. Yep. And like really enjoyed Pride as a product. Um, like the late 2000s, like, and then following through the late 2000s, it was it was a fun time. For, or, I mean, it's all fun. Like I got into it about 06, 07. Yeah. Uh, well, I think 2004 or 5, whenever that Barlowski <coughs> fight was. So 2004, was, I think. Yeah, so it was 14. <coughs> um and just following it along then, and there was, like, there was that, it was weird, because obviously, you know, MMA, as we know, or, or the UFC originated in 93, Yeah. Um So it had obviously been around even by... November 12th, 93. Yeah, around then, for a few years, so it wasn't, you know, entirely new, you know, people, people were discovering, but there was still that sort of weird, like, mystical aspect to it. Like, I remember watching DVDs of Fedor, and, like, everything you know everybody telling me and seeing it for myself seeing him beating everybody that like this was the pinnacle the toughest man on earth and it probably was yeah yeah and he was just so you know he was this yeah like mythical you know quiet you know not brash at all russian who looked so different from what my brain had been conditioned to think was tough yeah and it just it just blew my mind that, like you know, I, 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 apart from doing karate as a child, had no idea of, you know, well, it was, you knew of boxing. I liked, I followed boxing at the time, and I thought, you know, like the box, you know, the heavyweight champion of the world, boxer, must be the toughest man yeah, on earth. Yeah, and just seeing like an entirely different style of fighting was was mind blowing at the time, and sort of. Those late two thousands, as Fedor was on the run, as Uberim emerged, as Brock Brock Lesnar as well, you know, merged the two worlds. And I suppose that for a lot of people, whether they'd like to admit it or not, Brock Lesnar brought a lot of people over. Well, he was one of the first times I ever remember. Like, I was already into the sport at the time, but I remember like my friend, um, a friend of the podcast, designed our logo. Our good friend Jimmy Morton. Um, 
you can follow him at inkfloyd13 on Instagram. He's a wonderful tattoo artist, very talented guy. Uh, I remember one of the first times he was ever interested, and he is what well, he is by definition a casual fan. Like he'll come around with us and watch the McGregor fights yeah. and the you know the, the the big the big heavyweight fights. You know he he does love watching it, um, but he just wouldn't follow it as closely as as many um, are you and I certainly. But I remember the first, you know I remember it felt big because all of my friends were like. I heard Brock Lesnar. What's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to happen? You know, and because and I, I was already watching bits and pieces and, and I was keeping it as close and as I could because at that time, streaming wasn't available. No. You know, uh, you, you really did kind of almost have to pay for it. You know, and, and I, I did. And that yeah. wasn't easy. You know, <laughs> no. though, like especially at 16, 17 where, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. Um, and, and, and not just that, like, you know, to be honest, like my parents didn't like me staying up until five o'clock in the morning. Um, but what are they going to do now? Exactly. Look at me now. Staying up to whatever time I want, like a big boy. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I remember the, the Brock Lesnar fights felt different. It was the first time I ever remember feeling that, of like, that, like, this is almost bigger than the sport. Yeah. Like, this is huge. Because you had this guy with a legitimate background, and I, I was one of the few people who was going, oh, no, he'll be okay. Like, oh, yeah. you know, he's, he's not like, I, I wasn't going, oh, he'll smash people. But I remember telling Jamie, like, like he's a legitimate, like the guy's got a legitimate background yeah. like and is a physical freak. Um, I didn't expect him to become champ. Um, certainly not immediately. Yeah. Um, but the bit that, that, that actually kind of leads me on to the, one of my other favorite moments ever to this day, we were actually talking about this earlier, which was after he got ankle picked and, and ankle locked by, uh, <clears throat> by Frank Mayer. In the second fight, in the post-fight speech, where he said, "I'm going to go home and have a Bud Light, not a Curse Light, because Curse Light won't pay me anything." Sick. And he said, uh, "Hell, I might even go home and get on top of my wife." Frank, Frank Mayer Mayer's, had a horseshoe up his ass. I pulled out some bitch out, and I beat him over the head with it. Woo! And it's still one of my favorite post-fight speeches ever. It's also just a truly. I remember being completely encapsulated. It's one of the the few times where the post-fight felt bigger than the fight. Yeah, like there was this real feeling of like you almost got it in the DC Stipe one where there was this like surreal like what just happened like it almost takes a minute to sink in yeah and and it 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 had that and it was I, it it just it sits with me to this day. I would have, yeah, there's a few big moments. I remember like genuinely feeling cheated when Machida beat Shogun by decision mm. for the light hotel, and I remember festering on that and being I must have been 18 being pissed about that and like that I uh, you know I had nearly been wronged by this and then ultimately when he came back and they did the rematch and Shogun knocked him out in the first and won the title and just the overwhelming joy of all is right in the world I mean like it's it's, it's cheesy and all this to say but like you, you do get Hyper invested in these guys, yeah. and you, like you experience the highs and the, the lows highs almost. The, yeah, the, the the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. You know, it is crushing to see someone you support get well, beaten. The um, first time I ever remember seeing that in like with you um, was when we watched the Anthony Smith and Hua fight. Like, I like you, you almost like you probably won't say that like, you're not like I'm not going to be like you were crying because <laughs> you weren't. But like, I was like, are you okay? And you were like, yeah, I'm fine. But you could tell that you weren't. You were like, no. Like, I could tell that you genuinely had a miserable time watching that. 
Oh, yeah, well, and it's because it's it's as you said, like he was the first guy you were ever like. Oh yeah, but you go on the the journey with them, you know. Um, yeah, because you're rooting for them. Another, the entire another time. one who keeps routinely breaking my heart now, but some of my f- favorite moments in MMA is BJ Penn. Like, I remember, don't want to see him fight again. I remember watching him at UFC 107 in Memphis. Uh, absolutely take apart Diego Sanchez. And I remember thinking, who the fuck is going to beat that guy? That is that is the pinnacle of fighting. And then, of course, ultimately, he lost to Frankie Edgar next. But, you know, that guy, at his best, some of my favorite moments in MMA, the, the two GSP fights, the Matt yep. Hughes trilogy, you know, being a two-way champion, and then... That. You get the experience, all that, and then you now go through watching him get beat by Dennis Bloody Seaver. That was a rough one. Um, that was a very rough one. I will give you that. Um, it's just such an incredible sport for that reason. Um, there, there's just so many highs and lows, and, and it is a sport that's truly unlike any other. And again, we were talking to a friend of ours earlier on. and sound miserable about it now, don't you? Like, it's great for a bit, but then, like... All your heroes fall off, and it's miserable. But no, but that's kind of that's that's almost like the passing of the guard. And when that happens, you know, it, it's as cliched as this is. It's it's almost like it's like when your favorite footballer retired as a kid or whatever. Like I'm, I was never a massive football fan, but that's the only thing I can kind of equate it to. Like you know, if you were a David Beckham fan, you know, when he was the Brill Cream kid or whatever, yeah. you know, and he retired. Like in fact, I'll tell you that the time I remember the most was I cried my eyes out when Mick Foley retired. And do you know what my dad said? And I told him he was wrong, and it kills me to this day. He was like, "What are you crying for, Sonny? He'll be back. They're always back." And I went, "No, this is different, Dad." And then of course, like a year later, he was yeah. back. But the the thing that's that's different is that once you kind of accept that passing of the torch thing, it's different when you see someone like Shogun Hua or um, well, maybe not because that's what I was going to say someone that's doing it too long, like PJ Penn. Yeah. He he went too long. Mike Pyle, we talked about earlier. Well, so the, the difference went is, too if you're a David Beckham fan, like yeah, he's not as good as he used to be. Yeah, but he's not going to yeah, but you, yeah, you, don't, you don't watch him lying in a pool of his own blood. But you're also <laughs> not watching what was at once that you know you're now what oh, oh that guy's not a hard man anymore. You know, like that kind of yeah. like that that man ego thing of like oh he's not a you know the hardest man on the planet anymore. But the the, the caveat to that or the reverse of it is. You then get to get like excited about, you know, the guys that you get to view as the future ones of, you know, they kind of get almost re- not replaced, but you know, you phase a fighter out and then a fighter gets phased in. You know, it's like a natural yeah, I think, passing of I the think guard. Though, like, I don't know. This is just my theory for MMA fans: is that everybody gets in, has their little clump of favorites, and once they have passed, you're not really a fan of guys the same. You're more a fan of the sport. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So now you're excited by the prospect of like Adesanya because he's the next, you know, he's the next level. He's the new standard. Yes, I know what you mean. But it's not because I'm like, oh, I'm so invested in Israel Adesanya all of a sudden. I know some people are, but well, the last if, you, th- if you're joining the sport now, you're, you know, Israel Adesanya is to you what Shogun Hua was to me. Uh, yeah, or yeah. Is to well, me. I, I like uh, to. I kind of get what you mean because the last time. Like it was actually more recent than I'd like to admit, but the last time I shed a tear watching a fighter was Michael Bisping against Kevin Gastelum. I cried after that because I've I've always loved Michael Bisping, and I, for, I, I the reason that I cried was the juxtaposition of just a number of weeks previous having a really intense fight that was actually closer than I think a lot of people would like to admit up until 
it wasn't. Yeah. Um, you know, Freddie Roach cornered brilliantly, corrected a mistake that GSP was making. He clipped Bisping, went to the ground, followed up. But Bisping was doing all right. You know, like, so, like, to me, you know, he lost, and he lost fair and square, but only three weeks later got brutally knocked out by Gaslam. And it was a, it was a feeling of frustration because going never taken that fight. Well no well, it was yes and no because at the time I was thinking to myself I was like but he's Michael Bisping. He could win. You know? Mm. Like and he got to be fair maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You know, um but we didn't know Gas like I don't think that anyone knew that Gaslam was quite as legit. Like you know, I think everyone knew he was good and and was on a good path, but I I think that um, well, me personally, I was like, yeah, he's good, but Michael Bisping's just fought GSP, you know. Uh, yeah. It's it, you know, it, that's what I mean. You know, you kind of like, well, maybe he'll be okay. And I could have handled him losing. It's the way he lost. It was, you know, you. I can't think of another time apart from Dan Henderson that I've seen him like. I mean, that was that it's, level it's, of it, knockout. Your, your story was. I'm going back to Shogun Who again. It's just like the, it is a cruel game. It's like I spent those years when when Shogun came over to the FC and looked like dog turd for his first few fights because his knees had went trying to convince my friends that like you know this guy is the guy he is the man at light heavyweight it's like how you were with Bisping it's like he just needed that chance like this guy could be the guy yeah. at middleweight and then he finally got it you know like I said here I was explaining earlier you know like after like feeling wronged and they finally got the UFC title and in the next bloody fight, he gets smashed by John Jones. And that was depressing to watch because you're on the journey. Like, this guy finally reached the mountaintop. And now it's gone. Yeah. And it was the same with Bisping. This guy's finally... And fair enough, he got his moment with... Uh, Rockhold. With, no, with uh, Henderson in England. Yes. and But then, you know, it's like you're saying, this is the juxtaposition. You know, he was at the top three weeks before, yeah, and yeah. now he's gone well, after two savage losses. Even though like, it Ga- waits for no one. Even and- though Gaslam's a killer, like it's a big difference between getting smashed by GSP and getting smashed by Kevin Gaslam. Yeah, and and that 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 I, I you're right though because like Bisping's a guy I've obviously been following for a long time, and I can't answer the question yet as to. Who would I feel like that about now? Well, no one because I don't. I'm not. I don't think you I'm, will. That's no, I think I will because don't forget that some of the guys we're talking about here we've only been watching for a year or two. You know, some of, like wait till you're watching a guy who's been. We, we look. It's 2018 right now. Wait until a podcast in 2023. Yeah, and one of I'm the just, guys that we've I'm become saying, the guys like like we'll get one of guys the guys I root for, but there's not guys. Over the last, you know, like, so, well, 2004's 18, or, no, how long goes 2004? 14 years. Jeez. I know, right? Um, Like, out of the original, you know, like, the first five years of of being a fan, there hasn't been guys who've come along afterwards. You sort of just, you watch guys and you appreciate guys, but, yes. but you're not, it's not the same level of, of fandom. No. And I, I think that's the same going forward i can appreciate and you know su- support to an extent but it's you're never going like it's like once you know once your heart's been broken you don't want to go back again mm, yeah i feel you there Do you know what i mean feel like, you there i love dc great fighter huge fan but like it's not gonna break my heart no him losing like it did when i saw bj Penn. 
True. Well, again, be sure, guys, to let us know what some of your favourite moments in um, MMA were, uh, and that could be as far back to you know UFC one or even further if you want. Um, you know, King of Pancras, King of Pancras, or um, Rings, Rings, Old yeah, or, or even just some of the Hickson, maybe some of the Hickson footage that you particularly enjoy. But the absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, let us know. What's that lovely music? Well, it is, of course, time for our saints and sinners. To those of you who are new, welcome to our service. This is, of course, the time where we get to... Time for reflection. Time for reflection upon uh, this week's transgressions and things that are saint-worthy in MMA. The MMA gods have bestowed us with the power to cast people to purgatory and hell or give them sainthoods, which could be permanent or temporary. Um, And this week we have many. Mel, who's your first pick this week? First of all, I would like to condemn referee Tim Mills, I believe is his name. Yep. Of the uh, Colorado Combative Sports Association, is it? Commission. Commission. Um, he absolutely made a giant balls up in the Bobby Moffat Chas Skelly fight where he called a tech. <laughs> I was about to say, called a submission, but he didn't call it a submission. Nope. Called it a technical knockout loss for Chaz Scally, despite defending a submission and being completely awake. Yeah, you don't blink when you're unconscious. That is true. Not only that, he uh, reviewed the video decision, and instead of uh, you know admitting that he may have just got this one wrong, doubled down on a stance uh, and yep. refused to uh, admit... Yeah, well, it's not liability. Like liability. Yeah. Um, it, you're right. That's the bit causing, that stuck with me. Costing Chaz Kelly a you know a precious loss on that record, a new win bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, bad look. It was the bit that stuck with me was the bit that you highlighted there, which is that um, he, he he had a chance to right his wrong and no contest the fight, which is the right call. Although I would say that. In the case where the video review is in play, it should be a another ref or a, or I was going to say a third party, but it can't be a third party. It has to be another referee who didn't make that decision, who can make an yeah, impartial I, call. I, I agree. I he think had too much. He didn't want to look stupid. No, and and the irony of it is that he made himself look more stupid. But he was he was going into it with an agenda essentially, in that like he was looking at that tape to justify his decision, whereas yes. another ref could have looked at it completely impartial because it wasn't their call to make. Well, we were watching with um, with with my my better half Mel, and uh, yes, she's also Mel. Um, and uh, the thing that she commented on is, she was like, well, "How can it be a TKO if it's a submission?" Like, and and she's a very well, I, casual fan. Yeah, I always well, not always thought. But we discussed that at the time. I suppose technically, if you don't tap, you don't submit. And if you go unconscious, you are knocked out. Well, technically, but he wasn't unconscious. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I get it in this case. But I'm saying in, the, yes. in, in cases where, say, a fighter is putting a rear naked choke and they choose to go unconscious rather than tap, they technically didn't submit. 
No, um, I don't see any reason to disagree with your findings. I think the MMA gods are, look very shamefully upon this action. Um, Tell you what, it hasn't been a good few months for referees. It hasn't. There's been a lot of bad calls. This is actually one of the more egregious because it wasn't in the heat of the moment. It was, you know, he got a chance to reflect upon it and and, and made a terrible decision in light of that. And you're right in that I, I believe um, I saw someone say something along the lines of the reason that another referee can't look at it is because he is the referee in charge. He's the only person who can make a decision. I, I, I and I do that. understand that. I get that, but if you're using a video review, then I don't think it really, you know, I don't yes. think it's really... Well, I think important. that, yeah, I mean, realistically, the point of the video review, I think, which should, it needs to be changed in terms of, it's kind of what you highlighted, which is... It's the, one of those funny scenarios, though, because, like, once a fight stops, you can't restart it. No, no, you couldn't restart it, but it could. It should have been a no contest. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it should have been a no contest, and the thing is that what you said earlier is, is what rings true to me, which is, you know, it... it, it he should have looked at it as if it were another fight, you know, instead of, you know, trying to justify his action and looking at it, he should have treated it as if he'd never seen it before because yeah. he he hadn't seen it before. He'd seen it from the very specific angle at the very specific time. And to be fair, there was a bit of debate as to whether his arm was gone or whatever. And, and I can get why in the heat of the moment he thought he was out because, you know, at the end of the day, if he had been out and he hadn't stopped it, we'd have been criticising him too. So I do but understand the precarious I, I position. Get, I get that, but it was quite clear. Now, me and you are in no way jiu-jitsu experts. Nope, far from it. I but highlighted I, earlier my 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 beautiful white belt status. Yeah. Um, but even we knew that to properly lock that in, to get it tight, you had to hook... The, their nearest leg to you to, to draw bring them in. closer stop yeah. them from from turning out of it it was a darse choke and that's where like the refs need to have a bit of a, a, a proper understanding of of the submissions. submissions of the ground game this is where guys like big john mccarthy who i'm pretty sure is a black belt yep um like they know that situation they know that choke they'll have been in that choke both on the receiving end and applying it. Um, Big John McCarthy could fuck some dudes up. Like, Oh, absolutely. He's a large gentleman. He is. Um, but like, yeah, the, the, the refs just... You need to be more aware. You're, you're fucking around with people's lives and their pay and that affects their families and, you know, this is their jobs. Well, like, what is the punishment? Fuck this guy. Send him to hell. Like, I, like I could have nearly let him off. If he it, no contested it? Well, not if he knew contest it. If there was an, if, if, if it was under the old rule sets where you know there was no video review, mm-hmm. but the guy had a chance and he sat down and it took forever. He yeah. was watching five minutes, five of plus it. minutes of it from angle after angle after angle, and he still got it wrong. So no, fuck this guy. Send him to hell. I agree. Um, on that note, I'm actually going to put forward a sainthood. Um, I would like to give Chas Kelly a sainthood. Um. He handled it. He was pissed off initially and handled it with great, would be. yeah, but handled it with great dignity and grace. Um, said on the mic, it was the wrong call, but you know it is what it is. But not even that he said it was the wrong call. He uh, articulated very well how, how what, he was, what he was doing, how he was relaxing into it, how he was going, was trying know, to stay away from him getting his leg, yeah, hooked. and how he was, you know, going to get out of it, and how he was, you know. He had space on one side of his neck, mm-hmm. so he, you know, like the pressure wasn't even on. Like he was explained how essentially he wasn't really in, in danger. In danger, um, 
and he could have taken that moment to rant and rave and swear and mm-hmm. curse out everyone involved and uh, chose not to. Classy move. Well, that's that's the classy move, number one. The second one, which I, I applaud arguably even more because it shows that he's not so much about the, the record. Um, he said he's not going to, to, to go after it for a no contest if it means that Bobby Moffat uh, loses his fight bonus. And I just think that's, that's just all class. Um, it's a nice move, but I'm going to argue with you. That's also stupid. Um, you don't know Bobby Moffat. Bobby Moffat could be anybody. He's not anything to you. This is your career. Um, yeah, but you, but you know, lose one more, you're on a, you know several fight losing streak, and you, you lose your spot. I think that I think your point brings more credence to how classy a move. Oh it no, was. It's, it's a real nice move, but you got to look out for yourself. Well, I, you, I think. You I do, think. I think. But, but you also he also has to look out for Bobby Moffat's family in a way. And what I mean by that is, I mean he obviously doesn't this have any is, obligation to them. Yeah, but 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 Bobby Moffat's no, no, family. No, no, this is no, kids no, fighting. I know, but the, the, no, but the difference is his responsibility. But the difference is that Charles Kelly needs to worry about. Yes, but Charles Kelly doesn't get any money from. From you know, from that being world a new contest, no, no, doesn't but, help him other than his record. Yeah, but that, no, but that is as a guy who's not a top guy, that is uh, you know super crucial. I can see your point. I just, I just think that that it is a completely saint worthy action. It's a nice move. Oh, and I hundred percent support uh, him for sainthood, but I just think it, it's taken it a bit. The nice guy act a bit too far. Um, you should be appealing that. You have every right to. This is your career. You're putting the hours in. Yeah. Your your blood, your sweat, your tears. You're depriving yourself of time with with your family, um, your loved ones. You know, you Chas Kelly. I'm just looking at his record. He's 33. You know, he, he he's now on a two fight losing streak. Yeah. You know, he's not, these guys don't get kept around. And for you, you know, you did you know fall on the sword for for Bobby Moffat is admirable but I have I have to think it's stupid but well class, I understand you handled point. it with class and grace 100% a saint in my eyes sweet same I honour him uh, in, in, the, in the name of the MMA gods Charles Kelly you're now saint Charles Kelly um, who's your next pick I would like to put forward the snake himself TJ Dillashaw oh I know why this is go for it uh, let me just quote T.J. Dillashaw. Now, before I quote T.J. Dillashaw, let me just remind you that he is a man, or some some other quotes from T.J. Dillashaw, that I am risking my career for the further, I am paraphrasing here, uh, for the enhancement or for the for the betterment of fighters, you know, careers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and he was part of that ill-fated, oh, I forget the name of it, it far too Project many Project Spearhead? No, it wasn't that. It was the one with... Bjorn Rebney. Oh, um, the MMMMMA, yes. yeah, 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 whatever yeah. the hell it was called. Essentially, the fight, you know, tried to f- unionize, um, you know, this guy. Recent quote, the UFC is paying me a fuckload of money to move down and kill the 125-pound division. Yeah, you're a class act, you piece of shit. I agree. I think that, um, well, do you know what? This actually... All these guys losing the job, this is like, stop talking and trying to sound like you're fucking Dylan Dennis. You know... You're the same guy as of two years ago. Was I'm putting my neck out here, you know, to try and better the fighters' environment. The, try, yeah, trying to get the, you know, it all everyone better opportunities. And now oh, I'm gloating about how much money I'm making to kill the 125 division. But that's fair. Fuck off. That's fair. I completely agree with that. Um, I I've lost a lot of respect for this guy because I really like him as a fighter. I really rate him as a fighter. He's but incredible. Re- yeah, and like in the the whole t- 
uh, Team Alpha Male. Team Alpha Male thing. Like, I he think came out of that remotely okay, he, he but did. this poses some questions now as to his I actual think, character. But not even about that. Like, just... Like, it's just such a stupid PR move. You don't look cool. It's, you know... Casual fans probably think he does, though. Uh, I'm getting paid so much money. Yeah, if anyone actually has an argument to that, please tweet at us, because I fail to see one that could justify it. I completely agree with you. I think that... I'm sure all those... 125 pounders who are about to get their their marching orders are so glad that you're making so much money from this. I thought you were in it to help fighters. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. I'm I'm up for casting to hell indefinitely. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck him indeed. Um, UFC matchmaking. I would like to put them forward as a center for a fight we spoke of earlier on. John Gunther, may he rest in peace. <laughs> had uh, absolutely no right to be in a cage with Davi Ramos. Absolutely not. Um, I think it was a a pissant move by the UFC. Um, I don't First, know whether or not they both deserve better. Yes, they Stanley do. Almost deserves a higher ranking opponent, and John Gunther deserves a lower ranking opponent. Yeah, like it, it, you're right. And the thing is, too, it's like I don't know what John Gunther did to the UFC. No, not at all. Like there was he did no, not deserve that. No, I mean it was as predictable as the day is long. And well, we said earlier when we were reviewing it, it was. It's certainly from the UK. Uh, bookie's stance one of if one of the top five I think it was most lopsided fights ever he was the, one of the he to was the, the point there was no point in putting money on it no, even was, though you knew what was going to happen no he was one of the biggest underdogs ever like Ramos going in was as high as 1 to 14 like it's outrageous odds I mean, it, it, it makes a point as betting on it. It just goes to show you, though. I mean, to be fair it's to the bookies, the bookies don't set the odds. The amount of money coming in from the punters does, and it just shows you people how many it. people knew that was going to happen. It's just a waste of time. It proves nothing. Davi Ramos ran through a fighter he should do in his sleep. Yeah. You know, like, Ramos is not a particularly young guy either. Nope. And, like, you've got still to, got miles, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you've got to maximize your time in this game. And, like, that fight is several months of training. You know, could have got injured even in victory. Um, I don't think he did, thankfully. But <clears throat> all the risk is there. I just think stupid, stupid move by most involved. Who are you putting up next, bruh? I am putting up for sainthood. Okay. The record breaker himself. Oh, my goodness. We've already spoken about him. Cowboy Cerrone. Most wins, most finishes in UFC history. It's unbelievable. Um... Yeah, I don't, I'd like he's done it all, but win the gold. Could he be the biggest choker in MMA history? He's certainly up there. As yeah. much as I rate him and love him, I love him too. But he's certainly up there. He's had his shots, he's lost had numerous. Lost, yeah, lost them all. Um, but I I agree with your reason for saying to it. Um, he's one of those few guys who will probably he'll make the Hall of Fame. He'll, also, he'll make the Hall of Fame without ever winning. A title. He doesn't need to. When you have a record like this, you know, when you're like records like this, you know, when you're when you're breaking most finishes, most wins, you know, uh, that that's 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 a guy that's done, as you say, done it all but win. Um, and he's done it mostly without incident in terms of like you know, big controversy or you know, I can't. Has he missed weight before? No. I mean, you know, this this is a guy that you know just gets gets shit done and uh, exciting fighter. Fans love him. Other yeah. fighters love him. 
He's just he sounds like a great guy all around. I'm I'm completely on board with the sainthood. I'm I wish I had more to comment on with that, but I just I echo yours and presumably because we speak on their behalf after all, the MMA gods. Um, I I agree. Fair enough. Uh, the last one I'm going to put forward is two. It is a dual sainthood. And I feel it would be remiss of us not to. Um, I think that the Korean Zombie and Yair Rodriguez both deserve one for literally putting it all out. Like, you hear fighters saying that, oh, they put it all out. They literally left a piece of themselves in there Absolutely. at the risk of sounding stereotypical. I mean, the Korean Zombie is the patron saint of violence. He, uh, yep. It's crazy to think of the fights he has been in. The Leonard Garcia Wars, the, the score in the first ever, and... To this, it's the only twister submission, yep. isn't it? It is. Uh, knocking out Mark Hominick in five, six, seven seconds, whatever it is. And now uh, this bona fide all-time classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yair, of course, for deserves his sainthood based on this fight alone. But, I mean, it's not like he's had a whole pile of dud fights either. No, he hasn't. He hasn't at all. Um I I just can't I can't again I don't want to go on and on and on about it because I don't have any reason other than they literally have to piece themselves in there. We saw two performers uh, with performances of their career. Arguably, um, it was one of the most exciting fights I, I can recall watching. Uh, even better in hindsight, watching it again. Um, just just a phenomenal phenomenal victory. Should both be very proud. All class during the the, the build up to the fight. All class in the post fight. Um, even had that picture we spoke of earlier on in the hospital after. I think that they both get sainthoods. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, we're getting close to wrapping up here. The last thing that we're going to talk about is, just very quickly, um, we obviously have the Buenos Aires, the Argentina card this weekend. You'd have to be pretty hardcore to be watching a great deal of it, to be fair. There's a handful of fights that are of interest. But the, the, the main fight, we're just going to talk about the, uh, the the main card purely because we're up against it. Um Neil Magny and Ponzinibbio. Uh, Magny ranked 8th. Ponzinibbio ranked number 10. Uh, My take on this is one of two. Um, I think that Magny could potentially sub him. Could just drag him into a world of hurt. He's very strong. BJJ. Great at dirty fighting. Just clinching. Making it difficult. uh, You know, just making him wear his weight. But Ponzinibbio hits fucking hard and is a is a great fighter. So I I, I favor Ponzinibbio slightly. Um, I think if if I were a betting man, which I am, um, my I, I'm not going to bet on this fight because I think it would be a little bit too uh, too unpredictable for myself. I normally have a much better gut with it to to put money on it. But um, I think that uh, I think Ponzinibbio's got enough to get the job done here. Um, which leaves Magni in a precarious position. He's sort of declining uh, on his way down. You know, it's a, it re- this is actually kind of a really important fight for. I think this is probably more important for Magni than it is for oh, Ponzinibbio. Well, there's there's pressure of. Uh this card's is this card in? It's, it is in Argentina. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the pressure of the home crowd. <coughs> you know, like they're going there because they have Ponzinibbio to headline it. The the only, as far as a new Argentinian fighter in the UFC. Yep. Um, <sighs> Magni's a funny one. Um, can look great. Can look terrible. Um, you know, it doesn't. <sighs> Coming off, you know, beat the ghost of Carlos Condit and, you know, absolutely battered Craig White, who I'm not convinced is quite ready for, for UFC, especially someone of, of Magny's level. 
Ponzinibbio, like you said, hits ridiculously hard. Haven't seen a whole pile of his game outside that. Nope. But he's on... <coughs> the juice. Well, he's on the <laughs> no, juice. He's no, on a six or seven fight win streak. He's fighting at home. All the momentum's with him. It's, you know, if it was any, if it was anywhere else but Argentina, you know, I'd maybe sway towards giving Magni more of a chance. But yep. I, I think Ponzinibbio will come out and I think he'll he'll blow him away early. I think so too. Um, that pretty much wraps us up for this week's edition of the Jack and Mel Superad MMA Show. As always, you can, of course, find us on Twitter at Superad MMA. You can find us on Facebook.com forward slash Superad MMA. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel where we actually have a short film that will be coming out over the next couple of weeks, which is based on three fighting brothers uh, who are fighting at Clam Wars this weekend, as we mentioned in the intro. Um, you can find us at Paluka Media, P-A-L-O-O-K-A Media. Um, and until next week...